Hi there, and welcome to the Leaving Today podcast, the podcast that discusses the Disneyland Resort and the Disney IP in an enthusiastic, informative, and often humorous way. Show notes for this episode and every episode can be found on leaventodaypodcast.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, please subscribe and leave a comment. Until then, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. guys let's do this hello hello and hello my name is mark and welcome to the leaving today podcast uh sitting to the left of me is the game changer herself jess hello and the right of me is the trail master of puppets himself udi yo yo and again my name is mark one of the co-hosts here this is the leaving today podcast episode number 61 if you can believe it um tonight we are going to be talking to uh disney historian disney author uh, and overall really interesting and engaging fellow named Jim Corcus. Yeah. Strap up, kids. It's going to be good. Yeah. Um, heads up, this is going to be split into two different episodes. Um, so we have the first one coming, and then a few days later, check uh, iTunes again for part two because there's just so much content that we had to get through. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Anyways, we are in the second quarter of 2018. Um, it is Tuesday, May 22nd. And uh, as we're setting up tonight's episode, um, something got dropped on the Disney Parks blog. Mm-hmm. What was that, guys? That would be the official, yeah. official, official release for Galaxy's Edge, or as we affectionately call it here, or I do Star Wars Land and. Jess calls it a bunch of expletives. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that dropped, and that is um, summer 2019, right? Yes, and then yeah. fall for the East Coast. Late fall. Oh, late, late fall. Late fall. It's very specific. Late fall for Disney World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. And Picture Our Fest right now is still going mm-hmm. on full swing, and we hopefully get to experience that this summer because uh, it looks incredible to me. Um, no, it looks incredible too to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, shameless plug. Yeah. Um, for your own movie. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got Jim Corcus. I know you guys are going to like him. And we have the news. Uh, 101 is 101 tonight because there's so, literally there's a lot of content to get through. Um, so we're going we're gonna to have the news as well. Um, tonight's opening question is, is Marvel Land more important to Disney officials than Tomorrowland? I think it's a pretty obvious answer. Is it? Yeah. Oh, Ladies or no? Nope. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it, I mean, they're working on everything but Tomorrowland. You, you look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, if you're anybody, you set things in priority. Yeah. So if Tomorrowland's a priority, it's a priority. It goes first. Yeah. We're not getting that. No, we're getting minor tweaks he- no, here and no, there. No, unimportant. Uh, indifferent, unimportant. Air conditioned make... to uh, Space Mountain Q. Doesn't matter. Okay. Nothing nothing to make Tomorrowland great again. That's None true. of that's going to make Tomorrowland great again. No. It's a, it's a tweak to kind of, I think, maybe to maybe help pacify a few people, the begrudging, bemoaning people like us mm-hmm. who are complaining and going, you guys need to do something. So right. a tweak here, a fresh splash of paint, and they're going to be like, see, we did something. No. No, you didn't. You haven't mm-hmm. done anything that you need to. Um, and then they're working overtime for Mar- Marvelland. Right. Again, business versus other things with it. Um, you know, we can't ignore the business side of, of the whole thing. So I understand because Marvel right now is in fuego. It is in fuego. It mm-hmm. is on fire. I mean, the Avengers holding. For all those who haven't seen it, go see it. It is mm-hmm. a freaking great movie. Yes. It didn't top, didn't top my list of all-time Marvel, but it flew up, it flew up to number two. So, okay. on my personal list. So, anyway. So, yeah. The, Tomorrowland's definitely not a priority. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, they're not being shy about it either. Okay. Jess, what do you think? Ditto. Okay. I knew he was going to cover everything that needed to be said. That's why I said, <laughs> go for it. Really? Okay. <laughs> All right. There's no way it's even close to being touched. Not for a long time. Yeah. Okay. They don't care. Nope. They don't. Uh, well, maybe I'm overstating it, mm-hmm. but it, their actions would lead me to lead me to believe that they don't care. Oh. Okay. There you go. Okay. Well, I'll answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know Mar- Marvelland really is the land that no one's really asking for, <laughs> but they're doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna I'll ask you just to play advocate because um, I like to think about things in larger terms and I like to play things out. Um, so. In summer of 2019, you will have a swell of people coming to Southern California. Right. Okay, so Disneyland, as we know it, is going to be impacted. Mm-hmm. The And one of the reasons why DCA exists was to help offset some of this crowd. Mm-hmm. So if they are building something that people will be drawn to get some of those people out of Disneyland and over to DCA, I think that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. And Marvelland, uh, what, 2020, right? That's when, so they're I gonna, believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but by then, let me see, by, so this time next year, um, they should have a lot done for Marvelland. At mm-hmm. least, at least the construction and things roped off. So uh, I, I would imagine that their, their idea is, okay, Star Wars is going to be huge. We need something in DCA to help open another valve to get people out there. Yep. Pixar Pier is not going to be enough. No. No, not, not anywhere near enough. No. Um, so it, it would be more prudent for them to get Marvel Land done a lot sooner than what they thought. Because... Yep. Well, no, again, business-wise, yeah. it makes sense. That's yeah. why I'm saying we have to um, yes. separate, be able to separate the emotional connection with the park versus the business side of the park. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's not making money, well... The question then always is how much money do they really want to make, which obviously it's always going to be it's in the business as much as they possibly can. Outrageous amounts of money. Uh, outrageous, like ludicrous. Ludicrous. Ludicrous but, amounts of money. But, okay, and I'm actually okay with that, even though Marvelland has nothing no one's asking for, but I will be less than thrilled if once those two are done that they decide to put Fantasyland refurb in front of Tomorrowland because they both have to happen. Mm-hmm. But Tomorrowland is is the main thing they got to figure out. Right. No, I agree. I mean, I think right now Fantasyland is good 
is good mm-hmm. for a while. Jess, do you agree or disagree with that statement? It's good for a while. Okay, for a while. You don't really a couple need couple years. To, right. They don't need to touch it. Yeah, they don't At all? To, no, not for a while. No. And We're going to get to that. Well, I know, but... Uh, not tonight. I, yeah, no, but eventually we will get there. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think they need to touch it, and I agree uh, with, with Jess. It's good for a good number of years, and... Mm-hmm. We, we've been saying it for a while, and a lot of people, we've heard this from a lot of different people, just not in our own little echo chamber with that. A lot of people have kind of reverberated and said, Tomorrowland is an issue. Mm-hmm. And we've heard it. Yes. From many, from listeners, mm-hmm. from different um, people in the Disney podcast community, from, from a lot of different folk. They're all basically saying, that is the issue. Mm-hmm. So I hope they listen. I hope they recognize, okay, they got their Star Wars land in place. They're getting their Marvel land kind of so they can get their massive IPs generating more income mm-hmm. as per usual. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do after that? Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, go to your next big issue. Right. Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Yeah. Okay. There you go. What's uh, what, Jess? <sighs> they don't know Tomorrowland's there. They've they, forgotten about it. They did. <laughs> Should we call it Forgotten Land? Then? The Forgotten Land. Okay. Um, so we're going to go through some news. Oh, sorry. There's the duck. And there's that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And now let's go to our news. You, you listen to me now. You are talking about things that you do not understand. Hey, tonight's news is brought to you by Expedition Roasters Coffee, where they encourage you to brew your happy place. And I encourage you to go on a little adventure of your own and go find some fortune and glory. My new fave, well, ties with my fave, Dark Side. Go try it. Bourbon, Strusel, oh man. I'll have to get my Indiana Jones hat. Go get it. Go get it. And make sure when you are at the checkout to enter our LTP20 discount code for 20% off your first purchase. Absolutely. And, you know, um, we totally brewed this tonight, but for me it was too warm, so I actually poured it over ice, cut it with a little sugar, and I've been drinking this for about an hour, and it is really, it's really a nice and pleasant drink. Um, so um, try that again. You know, if you guys want to get some coffee from Expedition Roasters, do it. Pour, pour it over ice and, you know, sip away. Uh, so again, with Expedition Roasters, brew your happy place. Okay, so you know we've got a lot of things to go through tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a little switcheroo here, um, and I have things listed in order, but we're not going to talk about those ones in order. We're going to talk about because I want to save the bigger one for the end, which okay. is the, okay. So um, what I didn't put on the notes was that something also happened since I typed these up, and that is. Um, the Halloween party for 2018, mm-hmm. the dates were announced. Mm-hmm. Tickets go on sale um, June 5th if you're an AP holder and then June 12th for the common folk. Mm-hmm. Um, so tickets going on sale early, interesting. I remember when the Halloween party first started, no one even cared about this mm-hmm. thing. I mean, literally. Um, now it's crazy. Okay, so um, what, I think they start on um, September 19th and it goes through Halloween night. So yeah, it's going to be. I can't sele- remember the dates exactly, but that sounds about right. Yeah, it's select nights starting September nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard other people say on the seventh, but nowhere official did it say the seventh. Everyone is saying the nineteenth, as far as the parks blog and whatnot. Um, prices range from ninety five to one hundred and thirty dollars, and I think that is 
even at the $130 mark, I think that's still a pretty good deal. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't? I won't pay for it, no. Uh, you want a free ticket, you mean? Yeah. Okay. You wouldn't pretty much. No, 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 but no. I mean, what 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 was it when you started going? How like, much? I think Sharon and I paid like thirty dollars. Yeah, for it. yeah, it wasn't that much money at all. Well, I I think yeah, it's so difficult. So the answer is no. But but when you went, did you get an armband or sorry a wristband and then they threw people out that didn't have the wristband? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that's actually a great time. I mean, uh, not that not not the people get thrown out, but no, the fact no, no. that yeah, you can, no, you can run around and do. I mean, we had that one, um, the our one listener who was describing um, Star Wars night yes. there, and and then that, yeah, having that ability to do that would be. I mean, at one hundred and thirty dollars, that that is pretty pricey though. For, oh, it's for, a lot for five hours. Well, no, it. Um, I no, th- you can get in at what four? Four. Okay, actually, then. Or sorry, so what, I, well, I should we say we just went in with our pass. Yeah, but if you don't have that, it's some. Uh, I, I remember some nights at six and some nights at seven. But if what, either case, you get to go in two hours prior. So right. either four or five. So really, you if stay you, till midnight. Yeah, and if you stay till midnight, then I would I would actually not have a problem with that because no. then you could get a half day and then you get four hours of. You know, because they close the park at eight for those nights, and then you get four hours of yep, and four hours of um, being able to go five minutes onto any attraction. Yes. Uh, hello. Yeah, you can cover a lot. Yeah, you can cover a ton. Yep. You know, and then the theming and everything else they have special going on. So I, I, I would lean towards it, but I, I totally kind of get where Jess is coming from. Sure. Well, Jess, what is your big opposition to this? To to it? Yeah. It's just too expensive. Okay. I won't do it. I have an annual pass. I can go do it at the same time. I can go to Disneyland all day. Yep. We're well, not paying an extra money. Just you wait till our last news item, Jess. Then you tell me what you feel about that. Which our is last the, news item? Which is the first one on the list. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's. Okay. I would do that. Oh, God. Okay. The world is going our, crazy. Wait. Okay. okay we no, got we'll, the, we'll get there because I'm flabbergasted. Okay. So bit. the next news item is the Tropical Hideaway Begins Transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the walls went up recently around Aladdin's Oasis at Disneyland's Adventureland. It will soon become the Tropical Hideaway, a refreshment area that will likely serve Dole Whips, skewers, and other refreshments. So there is some interesting mm-hmm. theory about that, is that they were going to move Bengal Barbecue to that section. That, mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you guys? No, because they just redid that whole seating area. That's exactly right. Well, maybe if they then get rid of that for thoroughfare? And make no, it, retail. They, 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 they don't turn it into a store. Yeah, they, they would. It, yeah, but they, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think like in going into the brand and going. Why would they do that? Because they like to spend money. No, no, I, I get money. I get that. But no, they, spend it because they have it. to. They just redid all that, and now they'd have to tear it all down and redo it. Well, I mean, but again, why? I mean, what would they do with that space? Retail space? I, I yes, guess, I guess. I mean, yes. But did that retail space really work before? Not for me. I not not for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that was a high, you know, mm. income area. No. Um, and plus what they offered out of there, we've we've commented on it before. I mean, what, last episode, the episode before. Mm-hmm. Um, not much going on in there. No. So why wouldn't, and then there's a, a been a high level of congestion always for that area. Jeez. So to me, like right. what I even said, I mean, short of them knocking off part of a building or something like that, then what else you do? I don't know, man. Well, what would you do? Flatten it out for a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How about make a, star- a Starbucks? Oh, I think that's an excellent idea. Sure. Mm, no. No. But anyway, um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I would lean towards that and then think about that. If you did that, you move that over, you could open that area up because let's think about it, not too far down the road is going to be a nice little, you know, entrance into a certain little land that's going to get yes. built up. So, I mean, yes. you think about that, I they, who knows, maybe it's a preemptive um, move to recognize that there's going to be lines all the way going that well, way. Well, but, 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 but what, okay, so you are, you would be okay if they moved Bengal Barbecue and the Dole Whip over to this tropical hideaway? If, if it fits, yeah, I would be okay with it. If, if they, if they do it You mean it fits the theme or fits the area? Everything. Theme-wise, they're going to have, they have Couldn't to. Couldn't you do both, though? Couldn't you offer skewers and Dole Whip in both locations? Uh, yeah, but then they're right there. Yes. You know, they're within earshot of each other. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's when I when I read that, I thought, oh, yeah, maybe that is what they're doing. But then I thought a lot like what Jess was saying. It's like they just invested a lot mm-hmm. to get people yeah. off the thing. I, I get that. And get people inside. I get that. It'd be interesting. I, maybe they should have something different there. No. What would they do, though? Oh, well, we talked to Jay about this. I mean, there's all kinds of, like, Hawaiian dishes you could serve. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about the new place. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought you were talking about if they moved Bengal Barbecue oh, to put there. No, if they if they moved Bengal, uh, sorry, Bengal <laughs> Barbecue out, out of there and the Dole Whip out of there, they would convert that back to real, to um, a retail. That is the only, only thing that they would do. Yeah, but no, I agree. I don't think I mean, it's... Uh, no, I agree, but I'm, I'm trying to think of, like... I'm trying to think of outside the normal yeah. thing that they're doing. Maybe they can actually do something different, but... Yeah, we'll see. I think that's wishful thinking, though. I, yes. I do agree with that. We shall see. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Mr. John Lasseter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he may come back, mm-hmm. but he may not. Um, six months after former Pixar and Disney animation chief creative officer John Lasseter took a sudden leave of absence following reports of his sexual misconduct in the workplace, Disney is considering bringing him back. A new report reveals that Disney executives have been debating letting John Lasseter return to the company. However, Lasseter's role would be stripped of executive authority with the animation guru working strictly on, in a creative capacity. Huh. Um... Yeah, so he would not be able to hire or fire. Uh, he would be removed um, or contained in the scenario being considered. But even bringing Lasseter back as a creative consultant would give him huge power over all Pixar output, especially if he settles into his old role as Disney's most valued creative employee. Um, hmm. Well, interesting. Okay, so I think when we, six months ago when this story broke, I think we kind of talked about it like, well, if um, if these are true, then, you know, obviously he needs to deal with the consequences because it's not okay. Um, but then the other part of it we talked about is, like, well, even if he did, if he can, I, what's how, how can I put it, reforms himself and he can come back in a good capacity, then... Yeah, it's you know, every, possible. People, people can screw up. People do things that are inappropriate. And, 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 not accents, you know, but things happen. Yeah, inappropriate, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it could be a, bad, a moment of bad judgment. So I hope if everything is on the up and up and, and he's on the up and up and he, he creatively, his mind is fantastic. So if everything is cool, like everything's handled and he's actually, if he did do that and he's working through what he needs to work through, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very much like you give a person a chance. And if he comes back in, you give him a chance. And then if he screws up, then there's a the street buddy and don't, yeah. have, don't let it, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Right. Um, 
but I don't know. I, it's a mixed bag for me on this one just because I, I appreciate creatively what he's done. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, uh-huh. how, do, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do I feel? I'm not sure. Part of me is like, give him a chance. The other part of me is like, well, that's, you shouldn't do that, period, to anybody. If right. it's unwanted advances, then no means no. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. You, you I agree mean, with... I do. I mean, I'd like to see him come back. I mean, honestly. Yeah. So you'd give him a second chance? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I think this limited role is a, is a nice it's a nice way to start. I think it is too. And see how he does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it's going to be like a, I don't know, honor system or on you got to earn it back. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I guess automatically my mind goes to how I handle things on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much like that. Like we were talking about before, before we started. Certain people have... Yeah, oh, yes. Certain people have wronged me. <laughs> yeah. And I've sat down, had a conversation, said, hey... You recognize what you did, right? And then, depending on how the conversation goes, and then I give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And then if they fault me again, mm-hmm. you're dead to me. And that's hence the person we we're talking sure. about. He's dead to me. Yeah. He he didn't he he screwed up again, so I'm over. And that's happened a few times. So yep. I guess my mind automatically wants to give the guy a chance. Yeah. And if you screw up again, you're over. You're done. Okay. Adios. Yeah, I think it's good, and I, I hope he's in a good uh, headspace and has taken whatever he needed to take and worked on himself or whatever he had to do. And yeah, I think it, I mean Pixar and Disney is probably better creatively with him involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, let's let's give the guy a second chance and see what's up with that. Okay, next item. Oh wait a minute, we also have to read our review, right? You want to do that now or later? No, I'll have to get done with the news real quick. Um, since I don't have Ask Dean tonight, I totally forgot. Don't worry, guys. What? You did? Okay. I don't have it okay. with me. I forgot. No, the funny part is like you're going to start right before we start. I was like, wait. I know. Are we doing Ask Dean? No, I was like I getting ready. I want to get it. I want to get, you know, ahead of Jess on this one. You, well, you're already ahead. I know, but I want to. He oh. wants more. You know, you want to get yes. more. Once you're in the lead, you, you keep on going for more. Okay, so here's curveball number one, and this is uh, last week, the Star Wars for 2019, sorry, the Star Wars celebration was announced, and um, <laughs> Joey from the Disney Universe podcast had uh, had an incredible idea about it being in Anaheim, and then to correspond with perhaps uh, VIP parties for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which I was all on board with, and um, I was actually thinking about in my head, how much would I pay for such a thing? Yeah, we started having that conversation yes. and for I real, was, for real. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Hey, this is going to happen," and um, because it makes too much sense. However, as life does once <laughs> in a while, they throws you a curveball. So, anyways, that curveball is uh, Star Wars Celebration, uh, the one of a kind event that has welcomed thousands of fans from around the world and throughout the galaxy. Will be hosted in a brand new location for its 20th anniversary in 2019. Uh, this was announced from the Star Wars show last week, and the location is going to be where is it, Jess? Here at my house. Here at your house. I I closed my notes. Okay, it's just intriguing me so much. uh, Chicago. Chicago. Oh, I did just read that. Yes, Chicago. um, I believe my reaction was all caps with three letters. Three letters. Far, far away. No, it's a W T F. Why? What's wrong with Chicago? Well, actually, there's nothing wrong with Chicago. It's not because of. They have really good pizza there. I've had that. I've heard. I've, I've been through there. Uh-huh. No, I had a choice at one point either go to Chicago or go to Canada. Guess where I went? Canada. I went to Canada. Okay. So I can, never mind. Um, 
I like Chicago. For all no. the Chicago listeners out there, we love you. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've been there. It's, no, it's nice. No, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but w- my reaction was more of how, why would you go there? Because there, you're, the opportunity for a massive, like, Star Wars fest and, and just d- massiveness is, is gone. Mm-hmm. Now you, we all know people are going to travel. They're going to travel to these things. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, that's normal. Yeah. But well, for example, Ricky flew out to Florida or two years ago. Right. Yeah. So, but why would you do it with everything on the horizon that's coming? Mm-hmm. Why would you go to Chicago? I don't know. I I, I, I want to know the rationale because nowhere in there did it, have I read a rationale anyway. Like we want Chicago because of X Y Z, and we thought. Blah blah blah. Now, you know, in all, in all, you know, fairness, they don't owe us an explanation. But I kind of feel if you expect me to get on a plane and go to Chicago, mm-hmm. then you better tell me why I'm going to spend now. Because I would have been more than happy. Like I would have been better. I would have been fine going to Florida because then at least I have the park there. I have more. Chicago, just Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to Chicago. I mean, for. There, there's no more draw to me than Chicago. Sure, I understand. And again, no offense to people who live in Chicago. Mark is saying it's a lovely city. It sure is. It is. There's a lot of um, things to do. Yeah, it's there's beautiful. a lot of TV shows based out of Chicago mm-hmm. if you go to NBC. But anyway, um, but yeah, there's no extra draw. Right. And especially with what's coming, it made perfect sense to have it in Anaheim. Yeah, or Florida, but Anaheim was the likely candidate. That made infinite more sense. Yeah. Because the last one was in? Florida. Florida. So everything logically, when you follow logic, the logic train that I had, mm-hmm. and a lot of people had, it makes more sense for it to be in freaking Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, then you and I are like, well, we can catch a, catch a plane. We can drive down there. We can make this happen. Oh, yeah. Spend, you know, X amount of dollars and, and, and make it happen because at that point it would be worth it because we could spend three days in that convention. And honestly, if you ever go to Comic-Cons or anything, it's I've never done that. Oh, dude, so much fun. Anyway. um, Jess has been talking about going to Comic-Con. I just, I dream about it. Yeah, she does, yeah. I do, I do. And she calls me sarcastic. Mm -hmm. I just want to, I'm going to put that on the record. But anyway, um, but yeah, so that's why it was more of a WTF not because it's in Chicago, but it's because it's in Chicago, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but... You're wrong. Okay. It seems to me that a couple years ago, there was plans about doing a Star Wars museum, do mm-hmm. you remember that? Mm-hmm. Was that was the location going to be Chicago? I don't remember. I think it was because most people were thinking it should be San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It should be Marin County, yeah. right, or the Presidio. Yeah. But they said Chicago, right? Yeah, and there's no reason for it to be over there unless he has family there. I don't know what's going on with Chicago and George Lucas, but I mean, whatever. It's okay. He's a California guy. <laughs> he definitely is. Uh, why would you go to Chicago? I mean, uh, maybe there's a tie that I don't know. Honestly, when uh, it comes to George Lucas, I don't know. Every ins and out of him, I appreciate what he did and what he's given me. But yeah. you know, I don't get into people's lives. I just don't. You just don't. I don't find it that fascinating. But, okay. Um, but anyway, so Anyways. yeah, no. Chicago makes. Um. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to watch it online because uh, I'm not gonna fly to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, even, fl- even though if we fly, we can room with Joy. Is Joey going? Mm-hmm. We were talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, no. he told me too. He's like, "Hey, yeah, if well, you're going, Joey we got can- a room." I'm like. Maybe Joey can take notes for us or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if it was Florida, I, that, I'd be more likely to consider that. Because because yeah. we have more there. Yeah. Because we could literally go spend a day in the convention, then run out to a park, blah, 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 then come back. We could 
have a lot more going on. Yeah. Or, or maybe the rationale and the thought process is if we go to Chicago, everything will be focused on the celebration. There won't be the extra. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they're thinking about. But. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll anyway. stay tuned to that. Yeah, but not, okay. not happy about that one. All right. I'm taking another sip of my uh, iced coffee here mm-hmm, from Expedition mm-hmm, Roasters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cut it with a little bit of sugar. It tastes actually really, really smooth. <laughs> and iced coffee on a warm day, it's warm. It, what is it, like 730, 8 right now? Yeah. And it is, what, probably 75 degrees? Uh, you know, it's actually... 72. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, a little a slight a slight chill. Slight. Okay. Chill. Okay, so that leads us to our last news item of the day, of the evening, and that is. Um, dun dun dun. Oh, actually, before we get to that, oh. I had a thought. Um, we were talking about last time about the fast pass coming to parts of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Why'd you have to bring that up? Well, because I, I was just thinking about something um, that the oh these, these fast passes. While they do one purpose, getting you on and off the attraction in a good time, it does have an unexpected effect, which is a negative effect. And that is that it takes the guest out of the experience of experiencing the queue. Mm -hmm. I agree. And maybe we talked about that last time. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. didn't, But But I was just thinking about that. How many times have I run onto Indiana Jones and I bypass everything and go all the way through into into Mm -hmm. the temple? Mm -hmm. Sure, there's a little bit of a clog up in the temple, Mm -hmm. but I miss a good 40 to 50% of everything else. Yep. And that sucks. Yep. It totally sucks. And the same thing with Jungle Cruise. It's a really cool queue. Parts of the Caribbean is an easy, that's like a softball queue. I mean, in terms of, it's not very long. It no. is beautiful. Yeah. Same with Mansion. They're yeah. all beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's, Splash Mountain is the same way. It's silly. I mean, the only one that kind of sucks Good. is Space yeah. Mountain. I mean, I don't, I don't, there's not I a whole lot. I don't need space. I can breeze through space. It's sure. no problem. But go ahead. What are you going to say? It's silly. That's all. It's silly. It's silly. No good word. To, that's the yeah. best way to put it. So the Fast Pass does have that unexpected um, side effect. If you do miss some of the queue, which imaginators put a lot of time in and thought into doing to bring you into the mood mm-hmm. okay just one of the things okay um one thing that oh well i can't show you because i forgot my password um did you guys hear what they're starting to do on the mobile app oh with the food now uh-huh. we talked about that didn't we mm-hmm. no no we, 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 we they, they were oh. testing it, it was testing now yeah. it's it's there so oh, it's live uh-huh. okay. so like i'm on the disney app right now we'll order something so i can go to the gibson girl ice cream parlor yes and Let's see here. Uh, I want it between now and 840, so I can. it gives you, like, arrival times. And then you pick out what you want. Oh. And so, Mark, you'd have mm. a chocolate chip cookie, hot fudge sundae. But you know I wouldn't get that. What would I get, Jack? I don't remember. Oh, Jess, come on. Kill me with this. Do you remember, Udi? You even got the ice cream for me that I wouldn't eat. Coffee. Mocha and fudge. Mocha and oh, fudge. that's the one I got you. Okay. Okay, yeah, that was it. Okay. Um. So that's what you get? Okay. Right? Yes, it uh, is. So let's on, see. A, on a waffle cone with peanuts. We, oh, hang on. Now I got to go back. You're messing me up here, I'm man. Sorry. A waffle double scoop? A waffle single scoop? No, I, I find the single scoop to be sufficient. Okay. And would you like <laughs> any sprinkles? On the ice cream or the cone? Um, on the ice cream. No, thank you. Would you like the waffle cone or cup? 
Uh, like waffle cone. Cone, okay. And we're going to select your flavor of um, mocha well, almond fudge. Yeah. Okay. And we can customize your selection because was there something else that you said? Because you the waffle cone has, okay, you can either get it, see, I'm getting it worked up here. Mm-hmm. You can either get a plain waffle cone or you get it dipped in chocolate. And okay. then you can get it either with those little sprinkles mm-hmm. or with nuts. So I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't give me the option for any of that on here. Well, I'm not okay with that. Okay. So we're going to have to go back. Because I will, I will reject said cone if I show up there and it's oh, not there. Oh, would you like a premium single scoop, which is a single scoop of ice cream served in a chocolate-dipped waffle cone? Oh, a premium, yes. Okay, so that's going to cost you an extra dollar. That's fine. Then you want no sprinkles. No, I want nuts. You want nuts. Yeah. Uh, chocolate with nuts on your cone? <laughs> yes. Okay. You guys are And then we're just going to see how this works. Hopefully it doesn't try to charge. Oh, it can't charge my card because they stole my identity, so we're good. All right, we can <laughs> add... And let's view my order. All right, Mark, would you like to add a, a water for $3.49? I'll pass. Okay. So um, we can modify it. Let's review. So if you can get down there within the next 40 minutes, your ice cream will be ready and you pay over the app. How much is the cost? $5.81 before your annual pass discount. $5.81? $5.81. That's such a deal. It is a deal for a Disneyland ice cream. Yeah. I'm actually okay with that. And yeah, you can add your pass discount for 15% off. Wow. Wow. And you pay for it and you walk right up to a window. So you're not even experiencing like standing in line. You're not. So yeah, you can now see, here's the question. Yes. Can I get my corn dog? (laughs) I can get it at the corn dog castle. Which is not the same thing. Which is not the same. But that's my only option. No. You can do Jolly Holiday Bakery though. Mm. And Bangle Barbecue, just what we wanted. So, oh, yeah, that's okay. a new thing that's, that's on there cool. now. We just did it, a little live mobile app ordering. We didn't order anything, but now I want an ice cream. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> stopped, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so there you go. That's kind of cool. I guess it works. And Pirates, somebody posted a picture of the kiosks behind, or, like, uh, where you... The, I, I don't want to look. The stanchions. Oh, the, for... Um, for the fast pass, for the max pass when you go in. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think it's... I don't know where I don't, it was. I don't want to look. You don't want to see it? Either? Nope. Okay. It's this. Nah, dude. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Okay, now, now you showed him and I got to look. Yeah, they're covered. Yep, June 8th. Awesome. June 8th. Okay, so mm. that'll lead us into... Oh, I can't wait to experience that. Our next topic, which is... Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Should we get derailed a little bit? That's Okay. Um, the Pixar premiere, premiere VIP party. <laughs> um, for blank, 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 you get a special ticket that includes admission to Disney California Adventure and the newly renovated Pixar Pier, which you will see on June 22nd, mm-hmm. the night before it opens to everyone else. You will also get special snacks, a swag bag, a lantern, and other good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the private party runs from 3, 8, sorry, 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. on June 22nd, but you can also enjoy the rest of Disney California from adventure um, and stay until 10. So you get another hour. You can ride the new Coaster revamp from the former California Screaming as well as the Pixar Pal Around, the Ferris Wheel, formerly known as Mickey's Fun Wheel, and Toy Story Midway Mania. Um, get to nosh on treats from the new Poultry <laughs> Palace, Angry Dogs, Jack Jack's Cookie Num Nums, Senior Buzz Churros, and adorable Snowman Frosted Treats. I do want to try the Frosted Treats when I go. Um, yeah. I like lemon. Mm. Do you like lemon? I don't like lemon. How are you sitting on lemon these days? Mm, depends. Okay. Well, I'll I want to try. I'll waffle 
firmly waffle. Okay. okay. Waffle cone? Yeah. Mm, okay. No, waffle. Okay. Uh, you can enjoy special entertainment, meet Pixar characters, um, have access to upstairs patio with a new lamplight lounge, um, get swag, including a lanyard, free digital photos, parking is included too. I don't know why they say that. Where you could, that's part of the cost. Uh, but don't expect to get in Disneyland because this ticket's not good for that. Nope. Okay. Yeah, and what is the cost for this head event? This is roughly 40% of an annual pass. <laughs> Two ninety nine mm-hmm. uh, For $300, you get to experience this. But you're in the park. For, you've got the park for what? Six, what do we say? Three, Three to, to nine. nine? Yeah. And then you get an extra hour? Yeah. Okay. So that's what? Six hours? In DCA. DCA. But if I'm going for the day and I'm not an annual pass holder, I and I'm going to buy a ticket anyways, I would want to buy a ticket to this instead because I'm going to get to do something that's different than what I would do on a normal basis, and I'm still getting six hours, which is plenty of time to do everything in DCA. But that's been a twice, though. Twice. <laughs> but you get swag. Yeah, but what is the swag? I get a lanyard. You get a lanyard. You and probably get a Digital pin. photos. You probably get a pin. They usually do pretty well with the swag when it comes to... Um, so, so premiere stuff. Yeah. So you're you're fine with paying three hundred bucks for that. And if then I wanted to go, yes. Okay, and then but you're not okay with the one thirty five for Halloween party for this. No. Am I the only one not following the logic here? Because it's nothing special. I can go to Walgreens and buy candy. Mm-hmm. From for for uh, Halloween. Yeah, but but okay. I can see the village I, I get walking all that. around during the day. I get, I get all the Halloween fall decor. But, Okay, so we're talking about... Plus it's in DCA. Yeah. The Halloween party, right? It's in Disneyland. Oh, it's in it? Disneyland. Yeah. Still no. No, actually, it's in both parks. That's right. They're doing both. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Woody. So, I'm not saying I'm, I would jump out of my seat and say, like, I need to go. But if this was something I wanted to do, I would do it. Well, see, I, I, my, 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 my first reaction to this was I was taken aback. I go, $300 for this? It's yeah, a lot of money. Because now what they're going to, this is really, all this is, is like another test. I agree. They are saying, okay, if we can get $300 for this, what can we really, like mm-hmm. realistically get for Star Wars Galaxy? Oh, that's no, that's for- exactly what it is. So, so I'm going right now. They're going to, they're going to go double, at least double. 600? Yep. If they, if I they, don't think they'll go you don't they think can. they're going to go that I don't think they can. If they I, sell, I, no, no, wait. If they sell this out. They won't. There's no way. Well, no, no, but, but wait, wait, wait. Wait, I'm, I'm going hypothetical. Okay. If they sell it out, you're going to tell me, okay, then 500. 500? You don't think they will go for 500 for Galaxy? Edge? I think they'll go 500. I don't think they won't go six. Okay, I've been on record of saying that I would pay 500 for yeah. that, and yeah. I would pay 500. I was right there with you. If if I could be guaranteed to experience that park with a decent amount of people, mm-hmm. not like a mass. Sardines. Sardines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would be worth it to me. I told the girls that but I'm willing to pay that. Well, okay, but <laughs> if, the thing is, though, if I, they want to go. Right, no, and I get that, but the thing is, I'm completely shocked at, at $300 for Pixar. It, it, Absolutely. It's a, re, it's a re-theming of a land. It's mm-hmm. a lot as of oppo- money. As opposed to a brand new land. Yeah. You see where I'm going with that? I do. Do you think they're going to charge people for food? No, they're not. Well, they are, but I think you get like a voucher for like six samples. That's what like I'm the thinking. Food and like wine food and wine. Right. So that's going to be included in that 300. Yeah. Plus parking, which is what? 20. Okay, plus so your ticket. Two, 279. Okay, then plus your ticket into DCA. What's a, what's a single? 100 and, well, for six, well, but for the full day, what? 
Does it say you only get it? When does it get? Bleh. You you get to go in at three o'clock. You get to mm. enter at three. So you get seven hours at the park. So, okay. So you get seven hours. It's a, a decent amount of time. Um, for, da, 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 for DCA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just call about 115, 110. 90, oh, um, 97. Okay. So, so okay. So subtract uh, 20, 97. So that 117. Uh, is what you, you take off of that. Okay. Um, so we said 300. Yeah. Okay. So 300. Mi- sure, you're still at 200 minus something. 17. 287. You're at, one, you're at 183. Well, sorry, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. One, you're at 183. So now out. minus your 130 for your Halloween, you're paying $50 more than what you would. And you're getting longer time in the park than you do on the Halloween party. Well, okay. Mm, and you're Only by f- one hour. You're getting food. I'm sorry. That's a huge deal. But, okay... Yeah, but if you're like a family of four, it's unreasonable to drive twelve hundred. Oh, if I'm a family of four, I'm not taking my kids. I'm okay. going by myself or with my significant other. Okay. My kids are staying home. I'm going to enjoy what I'm going to do. Right. Well, the thing is, as soon as I saw this, I forwarded it to the girls, and both of them were like, "Yeah, I want to go." I go, well, "Oh, not, really?" I go, well, well, for, "I go, hold on, we're not going." No. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to get that clear. But what do you guys think? And they go, "Well, how much is it?" I go, two, two or three hundred bucks." And they go, "Oh yeah, I could. I you know I would probably do that." Mm-hmm. And I go, what? And they're all about it. I mean, but to me, Pixar up here is not a big enough draw. They want it to be, though. They want it to be. If they, I mean, and then I thought about Cart before the horse in this one, I think. Yes. Excuse me? Cart Cart before the horse. Have you heard heard that? That's not what I heard. Oh, Jess. I wasn't sure what you said. That's why I was asking. (laughs) So you could, I also thought about, okay, what if they totally redid like Frontierland? Or totally redid Adventureland and had a VIP party for that. Or Tomorrowland. Or Tomorrowland. A completely great. revamp great, Tomorrowland. Great example right there. We've totally redone Tomorrowland, and we're having a private party from three three to nine. Okay. Would you do three hundred bucks if it included everything that's included here? Parking, special yeah, land. I would. I would, but it's completely different though. It's a it's a, a reskin. No 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 no. But but recognize what you're you're calling out Heritage Park. Doesn't matter. No, 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 no. It does. <laughs> it go. makes a massive difference between Heritage Park and DCA. Guys, pop some popcorn and sit back. No, no, no. <laughs> so you're talking. You want me to spend three hundred dollars in DCA? You must be out of your freaking mind. As opposed to going into Tomorrowland and to Disneyland. And so if I get three hundred dollars and I get the entire park mm-hmm. plus the whole brand new theming and redoing of Tomorrowland, heck yeah, I'm in for that. But what if you are a like Pixar fanatic and that's your thing? Yeah. Oh. That's fine. If you're a Pixar fanatic, then you're going to do it. But oh. the mass appeal, none of the mass appeal, though. Hang on. Mark has his hand up. Yeah. Hands up. <laughs> we are going to shift focus here because we're going to move out of the out of the Heritage Park, and we're going to say, Udi. Oh, Marvel Land. Marvel Land. No. I like Marvel. You're a Marvel guy. No, I am, but I'm not going to pay that much for that because I, where am I? No, no, wait. But where am I still going to be? Anaheim? That doesn't change. Anaheim? No, no, no. What park am I going to oh, be in? Disneyland? No, DCA. DCA. Yeah. I'm going to be in D- I'm not going to pay $300 to go oh, into DCA for four you, or six hours. Oh, sir, you're more... Okay, are you more tied to Tomorrowland or Marvel? Tomorrowland. I don't believe you for that. I don't... Do, no, no, no. Do you believe her? Uh, no, 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 not really. No, see, even Jess doesn't believe you on that. Sorry, Udi. No. Hi, okay. <laughs> I'm talking about going into Disneyland. You are telling how you feel, Udi. No, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, okay. Mark so needs I, some more coffee. So, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to subjugate myself and just let my mind be taken over by you two. No, not even for a little bit. Okay. Um, shoot. Okay. No, because Marvel, yeah, it's a movie thing. I don't collect I don't collect Marvel comics. I don't. 
Okay. I collect DC Comics. Why? Because DC Comics are better than Marvel Comics. DC's Flat better. Okay. Comic book okay. okay. No, no, no. But you're, you're okay. But then you go into the movie franchise. Yeah. Marvel destroys DC. Okay. D- DC in the movie franchise. Mm-hmm. I like the Marvel movies. Okay. It doesn't mean that I'm going to forget about Disneyland and how Disneyland meant infinitely more to me than Marvel has or ever will. Flat out. So why would I put Marvel Land over Disneyland? I would never. That's what I'm saying. So Tomorrowland means more to me. Tomorrowland was the instigator and started opening up my imagination. Tomorrowland did that. Mm-hmm. Marvel didn't do that. Marvel entertained me. Okay. Hmm. Tomorrowland moved me. Big difference. Well said. So there you go. Okay. I so think I would is, vote for you. For- <laughs> so at the end of the day, that's why, yeah, $300 in Tomorrowland? Hell yes, I'm there. Three hundred dollars yeah. for Marvelland? Hell no, I'm not going. Okay. I don't care. Three hundred dollars okay. for Star Wars? Hell yeah, I'm going. Why? Because again, Star Wars moved me, inspired yeah. me. Marvel okay. doesn't do that for me. It entertains me. It entertains me very well, mm-hmm. but doesn't move me. Okay, that's why. Okay. You guys got me on the damn soapbox when I didn't want to go on it, and I did. No, so. it's good. No, I, I just you know I just <laughs> wanted to hear. <laughs> I wanted to hear your rational, and to me yeah. that makes total sense. I. It's I totally would, emotional, and yes. it, it doesn't have to do anything with logic. It's yeah. all emotional, and I recognize that. So I would definitely pay that much for Tomorrowland or any of the lands. Well, I wouldn't pay. Well, I don't know what I'd do for Fantasyland though if they did that. Jess I might. I wouldn't, because I'm not. I, I don't. I, I, don't Jess to go. I don't want them to do anything yeah. to it. Mm. So I wouldn't. There's no way. Okay. I don't want to see what they do to to that park. Okay. Or Fair enough. Area. Well, we shall see how this all plays out. Um, so that's Pixar Premier VIP. Tickets are currently on sale for $300. Um, and it is a good case study as to what people are willing to pay. Mm-hmm. And it's going to probably determine what the price is going to be for Galaxy's Edge. Um, and I will be happy to uh, pay a certain amount of money for that when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's going to conclude the news. For tonight. Now, we don't have um, 101 tonight because we have a lot to go through with Jim Corcus. So, we're going to jump over to um, the feature presentation now. And again, guys and girls, LTB listeners, this is going to be part one of part two. And uh, sit back, uh, brew some uh, Expedition Roasters coffee. Uh, you're going to need it. You will learn a lot. Um, and think. Well, go ahead, sir. I was going to say, I don't know if you're really going to need it because the energy that that man puts off. Yes. Um, And we will have him. We will have him in the future. Yes. um, Because we learned a lot from this guy. And um, yeah. And I think you guys will, too. So put your headphones on or hopefully you guys run on a long drive to Disneyland along I-5 because this is going to take that long to get there. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, if you don't get pumped after listening to this, you're dead inside. No, I'm kidding. No, but you are. All right, so from now, here's our feature presentation. And now for our feature presentation. Hey there, LGP listeners. Uh, we want to welcome a, uh, a, a guest. Uh, it's an internationally respected Disney his- historian who has written 20 books and hundreds of articles about all things Disney for the past 35 years. His research on Disney history has been used often by the Disney Company as well as other organizations, including the Disney Fam- Family Museum. 
He appears frequently on podcasts such as this mm-hmm. and at special events and has been a speaker at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Uh, we want to welcome Jim Corcus. Yay, welcome. You're welcome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, of course. I'm looking forward to this because I heard it was a goofy podcast. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the show. My name is Mark. Um, to the left of me is Jess. Hi there. And to the right, hello. Of, <laughs> and to the right of me is Udi. Hey, how you doing? My gosh, my what a good-looking group of podcasters here! <laughs> well, thank you, thank yeah. you. <laughs> we defer to Jess for that one. Yeah, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so today we are talking about a brand new book that comes out at the end of next month. That is June. Uh, it's called More Secret Stories About Disneyland, which is a follow-up to his Secret Stories About Disneyland. Um, and it's one of those books that you pick up and you don't want to put down um, because you learn so much. And if you think you're a historian about Disney or Disney parks, you might want to think again because you'll learn something um, with every, every page. And it's, I think it's a good thing to learn. So, <laughs> Right. And you won't be able to put down the uh, book because we use cheap glue on the binding. <laughs> but, but that's why I have to make sure that the content is, is so good and, and so important that you won't mind having that book stuck to you as you're <laughs> paging through uh, all, all of those uh, pages there. And, and my gosh, you know, it, it, who has got the courage to write a book called Secret Stories of Disneyland? Because, right. you know, if you're listening to this podcast, then, then you're probably the Disneyland uh, expert mm-hmm. uh, for your friends and family. Mm-hmm. You, you know the, the workarounds of how to get to different areas and, and what to do when the parade is on and, and, and uh, where the only place in Disneyland is to go get the beignets and the uh, uh, non-alcoholic uh, mint juleps, mm-hmm. you know, yes. way in the back and around the corner there in, uh, yep. uh, by, by the train station there. So, um, you know, who is this guy who thinks he, he knows some of these uh, uh, secrets here? And, <laughs> and again, you need to realize that even though you may know something, even though it may be common knowledge to you, uh, sometimes it, it's not common knowledge uh, to other uh, people. And yep. then sometimes there's just so much about Disneyland. You know, it, 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 it's the most visited Disney park uh, in the world. It, it's the park that most people go back to all of the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's the park that uh, really makes it's not just a physical experience. Going to Disneyland is an emotional experience. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. When when you're standing there on Main Street, you really are in an entirely different world. You yeah. you feel differently. You behave differently, and uh, it, it it's hard to explain that to to those who have never. Um, uh, experience that, and and even though you know uh, Walt passed away over uh, half a century ago, it still seems like he's walking in the yeah. park. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to know secrets, uh, you know, because that that that's like knowing a magician's trick, and it it, it spoils the uh, uh, you know the illusion and uh, all of that. But my philosophy is. 
I want to make sure that some of that material behind the curtain is available because I think for some people that enhances uh, the uh, experience. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I've I've seen Penn and Teller uh, do tricks. Uh, you know, on a on a plexiglass stage, so you can see exactly where mm -hmm. things are going and where things are moving, oh. and you still go, I have no clue <laughs> how yeah. they're able to manipulate uh, mm -hmm. all of that. You know, I, I, you know, the Tiki Room's been around since um, uh, 1963, but how many people sitting there listen and go, Oh, that orchid that is singing that solo that is now going to trigger, you know, the Tiki's chanting, mm -hmm. that's the voice of Norma Zimmer. And people are going to go, well, who's Norma Zimmer? Well, uh, hopefully there are people of a certain age listening to this podcast. Norma Zimmer was known as the Champagne Lady for the Lawrence Welk Show. Oh, And oh. she also did uh, an awful lot of... Uh, uh, music for the Billy Graham Crusade. Oh. And, uh, of course, she was a backup studio singer for uh, Frank Sinatra and, and, and all of these things. And so for people sitting there listening in the Tiki Room, you know, it doesn't make a difference that that's Norma Zimmer singing. It's like, that's an orchid mm -hmm. singing. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh, it, it, it's triggering off this. But for that one person who does know that, it's like, Oh my gosh, look at all of this, yeah. you know, attention to detail mm -hmm. that Disney is is doing and this is why an experience at a Disney park is, is different than going to Knott's Berry Farm and I love Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Or or SeaWorld or Marineland or yeah, Universal yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. there, there there's that really that small attention to detail that most people, if anyone, ever knew knows, but it makes that difference. It's it's not yeah. just you know a run of the mill um, uh, studio singer or or somebody from the back room that you pulled to do this. You've you've got the, those little things. The the bird sounds in in uh, Tiki Room. Some of those are done by Clarence Nash, who was the voice of Donald Duck. Mm -hmm. Okay, but he started his career. Uh, doing uh, bird sounds. That's how he started in, in vaudeville and, and Chautauqua and, and all of that was imitating birds. <laughs> and so, of yeah. course, you use him in the tiki room. Right. Uh, to do. Right. In fact, he, he imitated bird sounds for, for some of the uh, uh, animated cartoons uh, uh, as well. And so you go, oh, okay. You know, Walt really knew what... what what he was what he was doing there right so uh, speaking um, of speaking of vaudeville isn't um wally bogue featured in the tiki room still oh yes yes oh my gosh and 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 wally bogue what a yeah. i i'm i got a chance to meet him in oh. person oh, and geez. in fact he gave me a box of bogaloons <laughs> and for the, and for those of you who are not familiar with wally bogue oh, wally bogue was yeah. a vaudeville entertainer who who was uh, uh touring and um Walt brought him in, and uh, uh, he had been recommended to Walt, and uh, uh, he did an audition. He made balloon animals. He told uh, uh, some corny jokes and things like that, and Walt said, you know, we'd like to hire you for a couple of weeks at, at Disneyland for mm -hmm. the Golden Horseshoe mm -hmm. uh, Review. And so uh, Wally and, and the rest of the cast actually wrote the show. 
<laughs> and 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 created that that I- entire experience. And uh, again, a, a, a job that was just supposed to be for a couple of weeks lasted for decades. Right. Yes. Yes. Same thing with Vessie Walker, who was the uh, uh, band leader. He was only hired for like about two, three weeks, and he ended up doing that for for decades at at, at uh, uh, Disneyland there uh, to to do that. And, and of course. Uh, one of Walt's favorite shows at uh, Disneyland was, of course, the Golden Horseshoe Review. And, in yes. fact, uh, his box was right over there, uh, stage left. If you're sitting in the audience, it's over to your right. You need to realize that actors, and, and I'm, I'm one of them, actors are incredibly dumb. And so <laughs> for an actor, when you're standing on stage facing the audience... The area to your right is stage right. The area to your left is stage left. <laughs> and even then, sometimes actors get confused and walking towards the audiences downstage and, you know, walking away from them is upstage because stages also used to be slanted because the audience was flat. So stages used to be slanted so that people could see more clearly. Mm. And sometimes actors were so stupid they would trip and they would roll down, you know, to <laughs> the front of the orchestra pit and, and all of that. But Golden Horseshoe Review, one of my favorites a, as a kid. And, yes. of course, it was free because that was one of the things that made Disneyland different than other amusement venues. Mm-hmm is that there were some things that you didn't have to pay for. You didn't have to pay for listening to the Dapper Dans. You didn't have to uh, pay for seeing some of these uh, uh, stage shows. Oh, and the Dapper Dans, they're the ones who discovered the Osmonds. You know, we were talking about the Lawrence Welk show. The Osmond brothers came down to audition for Lawrence Welk, and Lawrence Welk was so busy he kept delaying the audition and so their dad didn't want them to feel so disappointed because, you know, they, they were like 12, 10, 8 year, years old type thing. So he took them to Disneyland. They heard the Dapper Dan singing on the street corner on Main Street. And they came up and they said, could we sing with you? And, of course, the Dapper Dance, and you want to be, you know, as a Disney cast member, you want to be nice to the guests. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, well, this will be fun. Some cute little kids, you know, want to sing along. Mm -hmm. And the Osmond brothers just started to sing, blew everybody away. Mm -hmm. Uh, So T.J. Marker, who was uh, in charge of the Dapper Dance, um, took them backstage, (laughs) you know, (laughs) to the head of entertainment. And he says, you got to listen to these kids. And uh, at, at, at that time, what happened is uh, Disneyland was doing a local syndicated show. I missed that. I'm, I'm, I'm in Orlando, Florida now. When I, when I was in California, uh, 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 Channel 9, Channel 13, Channel 11 would oftentimes run local shows about Disneyland that never went anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, fortunately, I videotaped, you know, some of those because, again, sometimes it was a promotion for things like Blast to the Past or whatever, and it was only at Disneyland. So why would somebody in Iowa, you know, want to listen to that? But anyway, D- Disneyland was doing a um, a, a show 7:30 at night on on uh, uh, Saturdays, I think, on Channel 11 called Meet Me at Disneyland at, at, over mm-hmm. the summer, you know, to help promote attendance, and so they said. Can you kids stay 
around for a day or two and be on this show. And they and Disney put them up at the Disneyland Hotel, oh. and they appeared on the show. And what happened is on that show, Andy Williams' brother was watching the show and talked to his brother and said, you should have these kids on your show. Hmm. Which is how the Osmond brothers got onto the Andy Williams show. And, and this is before there was even a Donnie and Marie in the group. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Wow. And, and so Disneyland was the start of making dreams come true for, for people. And, and for those of you who are going, where are all these stories written? <laughs> They're in my books. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know I, I, I'm an orphan. Uh, I, I was laid off from Disney in 2009 in one week with 3,000 other people. You know, and uh, so the, so go buy my books so that I can <laughs> I can I can pay my uh, uh, electricity bill this month. And so go to Amazon.com or uh, ThemeParkPress.com and and look for Corcus K O R K I S. That's a Greek word that means horse slayer. I don't do that, oh. uh, <laughs> even though that's part of the tradition. Um, and uh, look for secret stories of uh, Disneyland, and starting early in in June, the sequel, more secret stories of of Disneyland. And so, for those of you who grew up and just feel that Disneyland is your land, and mm-hmm. and and you want to know about those. Uh, Roasty Toasties, which yes. are those little figures on, on the popcorn machine, or you mm-hmm. want to know about the ghost on the on the Fred Gurley uh, train, or you want to know how Doritos were invented, or, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, the Fireflies in, in uh, 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 Pirates, yes. or, 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 or uh, you know, uh, Mark Davis, Davis's... Um, idea of who the pirate redhead really was uh you you know because we've just had that change we're Mm -hmm. we're having that change being done now out here at uh, walt disney world i I know disneyland is having that too where there was that auction scene Mm -hmm. yes and uh, and and again the auction scene uh now has taken on you know a, a different uh, connotation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but but when it was originally done, it was like pirates are these, you know, uh, real rogues, mm-hmm. and you've got to realize too that in real life, pirates never had auctions for women. If they wanted a woman, they would just take the woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and if you wanted the woman that somebody else had had taken, you fight that other pirate mm-hmm. to get that woman. Mm-hmm. But but it, at Disneyland, they did an auction scene because, again, what they want to do is they want to show that the pirates are um, so lonely (laughs) and they spend all their time at sea that they can't get a a wife. (laughs) And so, you know, take a wench for a bride. Mm -hmm. So that's what it was. It wasn't like, oh, yes, they're ravaging women. It's like one of the differences between my book and other books is I got a chance to uh, interview a lot of Imagineers, and if, and unfortunately, some Imagineers who, you know, are no longer with us, like like Mark Davis, mm-hmm. and uh, so I got to include that material in the book. And he was telling me, you know, Jim, for the pirate scene, we wanted all of this exaggeration. 
you know, and he, he said in the auction scene, uh, one of the things that people don't realize is I put that that one uh, woman in all in red, you know, and and emphasized, you know, the uh, uh, bust, and she's got this stylish hat, and she's got the cleavage, and we had makeup, and originally we had like a, uh, a beauty mark on her right cheek, and, and, and she's... Uh, you know, lifting her her skirt, and the auctioneer is saying, you know, don't show your 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 superstructure there, and and all of that. He says it didn't occur to anybody that that figure was based on my original designs for the pirate walkthrough. She was the town prostitute. Mm. Oh, <laughs> that's why she's all in red and has all of that makeup and oh. isn't you know wow. uh, upset about being auctioned off. In fact, she's looking around to seeing. Who is the drunkest pirate here? Uh -huh. Because I want him to buy me because then I can take over. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 he said, so I felt that after she got auctioned off, she actually took over the whole uh, pirate ship. He says, that's why uh, I've got her in that uh, painting in, in the beginning there where you've got that red-headed pirate with the, the yeah, eye patch yeah. mm -hmm. and all. That's her. That, that was what her, her future was. Oh, and uh, now, of course, they've made her um, more subdued, even though she has a, uh, a bottle of rum on, on her hip and, and a musket. Uh, she is more um, daintily dressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, for that to happen. And so, again, you know, uh, uh, off camera, off off uh, mic. We we talked about this before that uh, Disneyland is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. So so there are em, uh, elements there that are always very uh, similar, but there are other things that constantly uh, uh, change. You know, and with pirates, that's always changed. You know, they, they changed it so that the pirates were not chasing after the women; they were chasing after food because. Yes. Um, because gluttony mm -hmm. is one of the, the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. So that, that's why you do that. And then uh, you're getting to a generation that only knows pirates uh, from the Johnny Depp movies. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you've got to include, you know, references to uh, 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 Captain Jack Sparrow in here because uh, you've, you've got a generation going on uh, to an attraction called Pirates of the Caribbean and they're going, where's Kira Knightley? Where's Orlando Bloom? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to have at least, you know, uh, uh, Captain Jack uh, uh, Sparrow in there. So um, whether this auction scene uh, works or, or not, or whether, you know, um, uh, just sometimes culture changes. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm old enough that I got upset that uh, when Disney went back and uh, Pecos Bill, one of my favorite Disney animated cartoons, because, again, you know, sung by Roy Rogers and the Sons of the Pioneers, and that that was always a big hit with me and all that. But in, in Pecos Bill, he always had a little uh, cigarette dangling out of his mouth, which was not uncommon uh, for cowboys. But, again, smoking now becomes... Uh, an issue, mm -hmm. you know. In, in fact, Tom Hanks said that if in Saving Mr. Banks 
you know, he could have a cigarette in his hand and he could show putting out the cigarette, but if he put the cigarette in his mouth, the film would have been R-rated. Mm. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, so in Pecos Bill, they went through and they, with the computer now, computer, you can do everything, you know, eliminated the cigarette hanging out of Pecos Bill's uh, uh, mouth. But um, just recently, and this is the exciting thing, is, is you learn new things all the time. Mm-hmm. Just recently, I was talking to uh, a friend whose father grew up on a, on a ranch in Texas, and his father... Um, as a, uh, a teenager and as a young man on, on the on the ranch, smoked a cigarette all the time. Mm-hmm. But once he got off the ranch and moved, you know, somewhere else, he stopped smoking immediately. And and his son, my friend, asked him, um, "Well, Dad, why were you smoking when 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 you you were younger? You know, was it was because you looked cool or or you know." Uh, you wanted to be old, look older, or whatever. And his father told him, "No, you know, when you were working on a ranch, you smoked the cigarette so that there was smoke around you, so that insects wouldn't attack your face. <laughs> you have this little smoke, and so that's why." And he said, "Once I left the ranch, I didn't need to do that anymore. I wasn't going to get attacked by, you know, mosquitoes and flies and things like that." Oh yeah. So there was a reason why people were smoking. And, and again, you know, when we take a look at uh, uh, Disneyland, you know, there's a reason why certain things are there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you look at, at uh, the Snow White Grotto on, uh, on the side of uh, Sleeping Beauty's Castle, and you go, oh, this is so pretty. And look, they put in a, a waterfall. Isn't that, you know, a little... Uh, you know, a, a nice touch, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, they didn't need to put in the, the waterfall. Just having a, a little lake there, pool, would have been fine. Imagineer John Hench told me, you know, we got these dwarf figures, and Snow White, of course, was made the exact same side mm-hmm. as, size as the dwarfs. And so what I had to do is I had to do force perspective of if I put Snow White higher and further away, she will look like, and I put little tiny animals near her, it'll look like she's full size. But if you have a waterfall, there's a reason to put her up higher and farther away mm-hmm. and then have dwarves down the side for, the, for that to happen. And again, we take all of these things for granted. And, and while you're there at that Snow White uh, Grotto, I hope you take a look over to the left. And take a look at uh, Herb Ryman's uh, uh, little Christmas uh, uh, tree over there. Because, because, again, what happens now is Disneyland, Walt Disney World definitely, but Disneyland is almost becoming like a reservation vacation. You know, you yes. have to rush for your fast passes. Oh, you have yeah. to mm-hmm. rush for your, your, your reservation at... Uh, uh, you know, a, a restaurant, or you're dealing with apps, and 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 it's like, oh my gosh, it, it it is so expensive to come into Disneyland, and it is so expensive to to park, and all of this that I've got to ride Space Mountain at least 20 times mm-hmm. in order to get value for my ticket, and we miss all these these little itty bitty things. So, mm-hmm. Herb Ryman, of course, was the uh, uh, person who. Uh, did up the, the design for Disneyland Park that 
uh, Roy Disney took to the bankers to show them, you know, that you should invest in in, in Disneyland. But he also did the design for for Sleeping Beauty's uh, 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 castle there, right. and he's also Herb Ryman is also the one who designed New Orleans Square, you know, and mm-hmm. and and got all that wonderful stuff. However, as happens to all of us, he he got ill, and uh, he was in his. Uh, hospital uh, uh, bed to, at the end of the year, and he wanted a real Christmas tree. So so his sister went out and, and got a, a, a three-foot-tall blue spruce to keep in the room, but because uh, of his illness, you know, they had to close the shades, and, you know, they had to control the temperature in the room and all this, and so everybody thought that, you know, by Christmas, the tree was going to be dead, and it wasn't. <laughs> and after Christmas, while he was asleep, she took it out and, and you know, it, it's after Christmas, took the tree out and, you know, threw it in the garbage. He woke up and where is my Christmas tree? I want my Christmas tree. And so she had to run out and literally fight with the garbage man <laughs> to pull the tree back <laughs> and bring it and put it in, in the room. And so uh, uh, Herb passed away in uh, February. The tree was still alive. Right. Bill Evans, who, who was a good friend and who was a land, the landscaper mm-hmm. at Disneyland, came and visited um, Herb. And, you know, there was new blooms. There was new growth. And so what happened is a bunch of um, Herb's friends decided one night they took the tree and they went to Disneyland. And the side of Sleeping Beauty's Castle, because, again, Herb had done Sleeping Beauty's Castle... Uh, they dug a hole and they put in, you know, um, uh, the tree. They they actually uh, uh, celebrated with uh, a glass of champagne and they put in a glass of champagne <laughs> with the tree uh, <laughs> as well. And and it started uh, to have a little, you know, small misty uh, uh, rain, you know, at at, um, at at that point. You know, they gave that. That toast uh, to uh, 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 Herb. Uh, there was about what, maybe about a half dozen uh, uh, Imagineers, and uh, over the years, that 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 tree has uh, passed away, and but always been replaced. So those in the know, uh, you know, take a little look at the the side there. But those who don't know, it's just like it's part of the landscape mm-hmm. because again. You know, Disney didn't want that as uh, uh, an official uh, uh, tribute uh, to that. I, I think they did put on uh, uh, a little plaque that said something like "Genus uh, Artistic uh, Extraordinaire." <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's been a while since uh, I, I was out there in October uh, because, again. You know, you want to check these things before you put them into print, for crying out loud. Oh, for sure. Things yeah. that I always thought was, well, that was always there. Yeah. yeah. That's not there anymore. There you know, they, they, they removed it for whatever reason. Sometimes it's for maintenance. Sometimes it's like, well, this is broken and we don't have anything uh, uh, to replace it with. Or, um, So, you know, you got to check these things. And so everything in my book, too, uh, I had to make sure that I had three independent references for each thing I put in. And and by independent references, 
What I mean, and I'm sure you guys have run into this, is sometimes you see an awful lot of cut and pasting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. sure. You know, mm-hmm. where somebody has found a little fun fact and they'll paste it over in their website, but they won't even change any of the wording, mm-hmm. you know. Or uh, sometimes Disneyland releases, you know, a little sheet of fun facts. And that was true in 1990, or that was, that was true in, in 2005, but it's not true today, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you, you, you've got to go back, and even talking to these people, like talking to John Hancher, talking to Mark Davis, sometimes they only saw their part of the project, you know? And everything at Disney is a, a collaborative, whether it's animation or whether it's at the parks, it's a collaborative effort, you know? And so... Some people, you know, put in a little bit here and a little bit there. And oftentimes um, uh, never get any uh, credit at all. You know, Imagineer Tom K. Morris, who just um, retired uh, just a while ago, uh, he told me that, you know, he never wanted to be an Imagineer. He wanted to be an animator, you know, but but uh, uh, through an, an odd... A series of events ended up in Imagineering, <laughs> and and he did a lot of great things, especially like uh, at, at Disneyland Paris. But um, uh, for the Mickey Traders, where you where you see that neon Mickey in a spacesuit doing the tumbling, oh right, uh-huh. right, right. That, that's the artwork of Tom Morris, and he says that is the only animation I ever did. <laughs> and Jeez. so you know uh, of that, and he says nobody knows. Nobody, I, I never got credit for it, and so all of those Disney historians out there who are talking about these things, they have no clue. That's the only animation I ever did, <laughs> right there along the, the, the side of the building there, and, and so many people have walked by. Because, like again, one. you know, it, 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 it's also in, uh, anonymous, you know, yeah. uh, because it is a collaborative effort. Everything is just Disney. So, you know, uh, in, in fact, uh, several years ago, there, um, uh, right after Bob Iger uh, took over, there was actually a meeting where they said, from now on, there's going to be no more celebrity animators or celebrity imagineers. Oh. Oh. Because, uh, again, they became too prominent. You know, it, it's mm. one of the reasons yeah. that... Tony Baxter got moved out is is he was very prominent and and again you don't want someone like that out there too because now it sounds like they're speaking for the company yeah sure, sure. and 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 Disney has a very definite narrative a very different mm-hmm. uh, definite uh, agenda that they want to get across so so Joe Rohde is, is is one of the last ones mm-hmm. hanging on there you know most of us grew up at a time where you know, when it came to animation, we knew names like Glenn Keane and Mark Henn and all of that. But I don't think there is anybody even listening to this podcast who can tell me even one of the animators who worked on Olaf on Frozen. Yep, I can't. No, I can't. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, uh, uh, some of these Imagineers stick out just simply because they do great jobs. Yeah. Sure. You know, and they're great communicators. And, and so, you know, um, one of my heroes of the, uh, uh, the new Imagineers is Kim Irvine, who I, who I think has done, you know, she studied under John Hench, 
And and I think, you know, when she's made changes in attractions, she has been very uh, cognizant, very respectful mm -hmm. of, you know, what the attraction is. Uh, you know, and so she did some changes to uh, Pirates. She did some changes to uh, uh, Haunted Mansion. And... Um, and I'm sure all of us uh, listening to this know that in the Haunted Mansion, that when you go out the window, you know, and, and the uh, 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 doom buggy turns backwards, so it's like you're falling down. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. That is because you are now the wife who has been thrown out the window to be killed. That's why you're falling backwards. And if you look over to the right, Look at the shingles on the roof. Mm -hmm. They are different than the shingles on the outside of the attraction house. And the same thing at Walt Disney World. Different than, than that because now you are uh, the uh, young bride who's been tossed out of the window to her death. And down at the bottom, you notice that the caretaker is not looking into the cemetery yeah. at, at the ghost. They're looking at you yeah. because you're the thousandth ghost going in. Wow. Got it. Wow, that's interesting. I never, wow. I never, I never, I never thought about that. It totally just blew my mind. I and, never and, thought and, that. And at, wow. and, and, and at the end of the graveyard, you see that opera singer, right? That, mm -hmm. that, that, that woman with the, with the uh, Viking horned helmet yeah. and the yeah. pigtails. And, 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 and why is she over there on, on the right? I know that one. Because oh, it's not over that. until the fat lady sings. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't know That's that. That's why Mark Davis that. put no. her there. I yeah. didn't oh. know that. Oh, man. Oh, wow. That is fantastic. Isn't this exciting? Oh, I well, love see, that. Because so... now you can go out and share these things, and people are going to go, you guys are so amazing. <laughs> Not one of them is going to say, did you hear this from Jim Corey? <laughs> <laughs> I love awesome. Yes. Yeah, so my... and, and, and again, that's the beauty of story is, yeah. is yes. you need to share these stories. And, and, and for too long, um, these stories have been kept, you know, to just a, a little group or have, have been uh, kept secret or, or whatever. And, and so sometimes cast members have had to, you know, invent stories, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, uh, this tombstone, uh, uh, you, you know, for, uh, Yale, uh, for master Gracie, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and every, well, he's the master of the house. See, master Gracie. I talked to Exitensio, who's the Imagineer who wrote the tombstones. Yeah. Okay. And he said, I use the word master because during that time period, that, that was a, a, a diminutive term yeah. for, for a young child who is not old enough to be called Mr. Mm. So like Master Lord Fauntleroy and whatever. And he says, mm. I called him Master Gracie because Yale, Gracie, was just a child at, at, at heart. You know, he, he was just a big kid. And in mm. fact, the Pepper's ghost in um, uh, Haunted Mansion in the ballroom scene, mm. that actually came from a book that uh, Yale had as a... Um, a kid called the Boy Magician, mm. and in there it describes. Um, uh, it was published by Popular Science, and in it was projects you know that a, 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 a kid could do. You know, like build a kite or uh, mm. you know uh, start a fire or whatever. But there were magic tricks, and one of the magic tricks in there was Pepper's Ghost, and that's where he got the idea mm. for doing that in the ballroom. It was from this, uh, yeah. and, and I got a chance in October to talk to his um, 
uh, two grown sons, and they said, yeah, we still have that copy of, of, wow. uh, of the book. And they said, and you know that the dad, of course, saw a real ghost when he was a kid. Hmm. I said, no, no, tell me this story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that, yeah. Apparently, he and his mother went to visit some relatives um, uh, in, uh, in, the, uh, in the East Coast for, um, for, for a couple of days. And at the end of the visit, um, uh, uh, Yale's mother asked him, well, what did you enjoy? You know, the mo- most figuring that he would say, well, I, I loved playing with my cousins or I loved seeing this or I loved, you know, having this food. He says, well, uh, he says, my favorite thing was that uh, uh, little old woman who would come out of the closet every night and read Gross. stories to us. <laughs> and the other cousins were going, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, wow. shut up. She won't come back. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh. And so the mother went to um, uh, the library and did research. And yes. apparently the house had previously been owned by an older woman who had passed away in the house. And, um, oh, man. And, and Yale apparently said that, yeah, he's sorry he said anything because when he went back, you know, uh, to the West Coast, his cousins wrote to him in, in, in not friendly terms about how <laughs> the old woman never came back out Aww. to read to them again. Aww. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, and, and again, that, that's one of the things that I want to do in these books, you know, Secret Stories of Disneyland and more Secret Stories of Disneyland, yeah. is bring attention to some of these individuals and, and the stories behind them and, and, and how that influenced, you know, uh, the creation of, of some of the things we've done there. Oh, yeah, for um, sure, yeah. Now, I haven't really had a chance to, to say anything because you guys are constantly interrupting <laughs> and asking all these questions, but sure. well, it, it is your podcast, well, so I'm gonna tell you if right you now. have a couple of questions or a couple of things, because you, unlike the readers, <laughs> uh, unlike the listeners here, you guys got an advanced look at the yeah. manuscript for yeah. uh, more secret stories of Disneyland, so... Do you have a, 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 well, a favorite fun fact or a story, or well, uh, do you have a question you, for me? Well, no, go ahead. Well, well, we've, I, got, I, we've got go a lot it. of yeah. questions. Um, some don't pertain to your new book. We just have general questions because we have some sure. on, on our own. Plus, we also are running a little contest. Um, we're going to buy a book when it comes out, and we're going to give it to the listener who submitted the best question. So, um, we in, in fact, we, we can even make that uh, even better. Uh, the listener who answers this question, uh-huh. I will be more than happy. Uh, you will send me their snail mail address, okay. the, the, the name and that. I will autograph the book oh. and do a little drawing in the book. Okay. And, but, but the listener is also going <laughs> to have to say, do you want just the autograph or do you want it inscribed? Inscribed means that you write the person's name, right. you know, okay. to, to Tom, uh, hope you enjoy the book, you know, your, your friend, Jim Corcus, you know, whatever. Okay. So I will be more than happy that is to amazing. send an autographed book with a little drawing and you can have it inscribed if you want. Oh, awesome. That's very kind. That's yeah. That's very amazing. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, awesome. Okay. okay. Can I not be on the podcast? Can yeah. I be a listener for a little bit? Right <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, wait a minute. What's the, uh, what's the question? Yeah. No, he the best question that we're oh, yes. oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. 
All right. So we have our own questions, and we're going to get to the listener's question first. Yeah. Listen, listener's questions. Um, so when you were doing this uh, research for the new book, which is called More Secret Stories About Disneyland, was there something that actually surprised you, Jim Corcus? That I was able to write a second book. <laughs> so it, you know, because there, there are so many Disney secrets out there. You know, mm-hmm. there, there are these podcasts, there's the, the websites, there, there's all of these um, uh, uh, trivia books. You know, uh, there's so much. I, I think one of the things that took me by surprise was um, on the Star Tours uh, attraction. I talked with Imagineer uh, Jason Sorrell, who's now... Uh, working for Universal uh, uh, Creative, and he said, you know, for the new Star Tours, you know, uh, this uh, uh, takes place, uh, you know, during a, a certain time period, so you're only allowed to use uh, certain elements, mm-hmm. you know, you can't use things that have uh, uh, happened, you know, uh, beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um on, on one of the uh, uh, adventures, they wanted to go to the planet Hoth, which is the yep. uh, ice planet, uh, ice planet mm-hmm. you know, where they, where they had the big battle with the uh, all-terrain armored mm-hmm. uh, uh, transports. Know them well. Uh, you know, I know them The Imperial well. Walkers, yep. basically. You know, and, and um, but again, un- unfortunately, you know, uh, the time period takes place before that. So they, they thought, okay, well, what... Uh, uh, what can we use? Maybe we can use the wampas. That's that hairy white yep. carnivorous predator, you know, mm-hmm. that, that got Luke. Maybe they could use the tauntauns, which is the, you know, the mountain. So they went to Lucas, uh, George Lucas himself, because again, George Lucas and Lucas Films very protective of the franchise, oh, and yeah. everything has to be consistent. And so, you know. Uh, he, he was very nice, and, and he said, uh, you know, I, I like these proposals that you have here for scenes and things like that, but I'm, I'm disappointed that on Hoth, you know, you didn't include, you know, the walkers. And they said, well, uh, of course, Mr. Lucas, you know, we, we like those too, but on the timeline, you know, the rebels had not yet established a base on the planet, so, you know, we couldn't use them, you know, and... and George looked at us, Sorrell uh, 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 said, and he said, who cares? <laughs> he said, maybe what happened is the rebels were there earlier, and there was a battle with the walkers, and then afterwards the rebels came back figuring the Empire won't come back there because they knew the rebels had already <laughs> I love it. I and love and it. so that's why the walkers are in the uh, the attraction. And, and related to, to, to that, uh, I, I remember uh, hearing the story, which I include in there, which is uh, uh, Roy Disney's, uh, Roy O. Disney's uh, wife, Edna, uh, was 84 years old when Space Mountain opened. <laughs> And uh, wanted to ride Space Mountain, and they're going, "Oh my gosh, there's an 84 year old old woman," and and, and she was she was very she was very tiny. And in in fact, uh, I I, I did a lot of interviews for another book I wrote called uh, uh, "Call Me Walt," which is the uh, information about Walt as a person, not Walt as a filmmaker or Mm -hmm. park maker or whatever. And Edna was so small that she had this huge, massive Cadillac. And she would drive 
30 miles an hour in the fast lane on the <laughs> California freeway, and she couldn't see over the steering wheel. She had to oh see through the steering wheel. <laughs> so she wants to ride Space Mountain, and it's like, how can you say no to Edna Disney, right? Mm-hmm. But she's 84 years old, and, and again, even though the attraction only goes about, you know, uh, 25, 30 miles an hour tops, it's completely dark, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's open, so you've got the wind rushing at you, so the illusion is that you're going much faster, and you can't see where the dips are and, and, and all of that, so everything is an illusion. So, anyway, uh, she got on, and uh, Don Tatum, who was the CEO and chairman of the board there uh, at, at, at the time, you know, ran you know, to, to the exit, you know, is she going to need oxygen, is, is whatever, you know, and, and she comes off and he goes, Edna, Edna, are, are you all right? And uh, Edna was, um, oh, gosh, she, uh, she was quite a, a, a character. Uh, when she and Roy went over to um, uh, France and they were talking with merchandise people there, sometimes she saw that they were talking in French and all of that. So she learned French. So the next time when they went over, she she was able to hear that they were making fun of her husband, and she told them in French, knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, she gets off, and she says, my sister and I used to ride all the roller coasters, you know? Uh, but that was like about 60 years ago or more. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, sure. John Hench told me the story that the first on the first rides of Space Mountain, there was a, a group of uh, middle-aged or older women who were, who were riding, and they were all laughing and joking and all that, and they got on. And when they got off, they fell to their knees and kissed the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. And then they were silent until they got, uh, you know, right to the exit, and then they started laughing again, and hence said, what happened is they felt that they had cheated death. <laughs> and he says that is, that is one of the things that we want to accomplish on a Disney attraction is that feeling of, I survived. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you okay. know we, 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 which was very cool. So, yeah. uh, so there are constantly things, constantly things that uh, I, I was discovering uh, writing the book. And um, I don't know if I have a third one in me, but... Uh, mm-hmm. You, you know, you never know because once you write a book, sometimes people just come out of the woodwork mm-hmm. with, you know, oh, for sure. stories or, you know, my my grandmother used to work for, you know, Roy Disney and she said da 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 Okay. You know, and so, you know, you, and again, of course, Disneyland is constantly uh, changing. Yeah. You know, we've got, we've got Star Wars Land uh, uh, coming up there. And so, you know, you never... Uh, uh, quite know, you know, uh, what are going to be some new little secrets that, you know, get hidden in there that, For sure. uh, you know, we never pay, we never pay attention yeah. to. For sure. Okay. So, um, and I do want to get to the Star Wars thing in a minute, but a couple other questions prior to that. Um, so not related to the book, but things that I just always kind of wondered about. Um, so when I'm when I'm at the park and I hear like the songs from like the Sherman Brothers, like the like the Tiki 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 Room, and it's a, a small world, um, are they getting royalties every time those songs are played, or did they? Set that's some- a good. That's a good question, and I don't know. Hmm. On Small World, I know they are getting um, uh, royalties. <laughs> 
because uh, when they first wrote the song, they were going to donate it to UNICEF. Oh. Oh. And Walt Disney pulled them aside and said, are you insane? <laughs> this song is going to make a fortune. Yeah. And oh. so, so that got copyrighted uh, in their name. And so it's a small world. And, and again, you know, when Disney uses um, uh, uh, songs, uh, they, uh, they pay money to uh, an ASCAP right. uh, clearance. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, that's a lump sum, and then that's divided up among other people. On the Tiki Room, I am not sure whether that was just um, purchased outright by Disney. Uh, Claude Coates was telling me he designed the uh, Caterpillar uh, ride vehicle for the Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, it was uh, wider and longer than any ride vehicle up to that point. And so it was patented under his name. However, the day before the attraction opened, they came, and he was told, you need to sell the patent to Disney for 10 bucks." What? <laughs> and, oh. and Claude signed it over. Wow. He said, it was part of my job. He says, I didn't want the patent. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow, that's interesting <laughs> so, fact. So I, I don't know if the Sherman brothers get paid. Well, they get paid through ASCAP. Yeah. But uh, whether they get paid differently, I, I don't know. But I do know that they do own... Uh, it's a small world, and that was because that uh, Walt Disney insisted that that they do it in their name. Oh, interesting. Okay, I like that. That's a good. Yeah, point. that's good to know. Okay, next question for me. Um, so we've been to the Walt Disney Family Museum, and it's awesome in, in everything. And um, one of the highlights is that park um, replica. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh yeah, not, not it's a park recreation. Now, what is it? Are you talking about the, the park model? Yeah, the that's right. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. The park, the park model miniature. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of the things that I had always thought was that all the attractions were within the berm of the uh, park. But upon a further inspection, I noticed that the uh, pack mule rides actually went beyond the berm of the park. And I asked the uh, docent there, I guess that that's the term, the, the lady that was working mm-hmm. there. And she said, no, everything's accurate here. And I go, okay. And I just thought that was strange. Um, and I never got a real answer. Well, on well it. I, I, again, as it, as it was explained to me by um, uh, Bob Gurr, he says, it's like having a belt around you. <laughs> you know, eventually as you start to get older <laughs> and a little larger, the belt starts, you know, and so you need to I- I expand uh, a little bit. And and again, of course, one of Walt's greatest regrets was that he didn't have enough money to buy more land around Disneyland and and he felt it started to look like um you know, a, a second-rate uh, Las Vegas. You know, with the mm. you know, buy three T-shirts for a, a, a ten bucks, <laughs> and you know, sure, sure. Uh, some of these uh, cheap uh, uh, motels and all that, which Disney eventually quietly started buying up. By the way, yeah, oh right, um, right, right, right. So, uh, so uh, anyway, you know, how can we find more room? And so. Um, it started uh, primarily with, with pirates, where that's why you go down a waterfall, or actually go down two waterfalls, is so you can get underneath uh, the train tracks mm-hmm. to get to the show building. Mm-hmm. And for Haunted Mansion, the exact same thing. That's why there's the stretching room, 
so that, you know, you go down mm-hmm. so that you can go underneath the train tracks and into the show building, and then you come back out, and it never occurs uh, to anybody. Now, with Toontown, what happens is you have all of that area out there, and, uh, you know, uh, some of that was where fireworks were being shot off, and uh, there was uh, storage of uh, some props and, and all of that. So what they did is, again, they dug underneath the train tracks and, and then, of course, told you that Toontown had always been there, you know, mm-hmm. since, the, since the 30s. Right. You know, but they just want, and that's why Mickey is able to come and visit in the park, you know, so quickly. Uh, and that's where that was. And so they kept pushing and pushing and pushing. But after a while, you don't have any more push uh, uh, to go, you know, with, with Star Wars land. Uh, you know, that's where um, uh, the uh, pony farm was mm-hmm. and the uh, Pope house. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Owen Pope and and uh, his wife there were the only people who ever lived at Disneyland. Walt, of course, had the apartment, but he didn't live there. You know, it was like visiting. It was, I guess, like having a... Uh, uh, a, a Disney vacation. <laughs> you can go the timeshare. You can go visit a couple of times. You know, but but the Popes actually lived there in a house that had originally been on the uh, Anaheim property there, and in fact, in that house, that's where Owen Pope started to make the harnesses uh, for the horses at uh, Walt Disney World. Uh, which is why at Walt Disney World on the car barn, there's a window that says uh, Owen Pope uh, Harness Maker. Hmm. And they left in 71, and then the uh, uh, house there became an administration building for the pony farm. It, it, it served as, as different offices. And now for um, uh, the expansion of, of Star Wars Land, they moved that house. It's now in a parking lot on uh, Ball Road. I don't know what they're intending to do with it, mm. I hope. <laughs> I hope they're intending to do something nice with that yeah. because it's, it's such a significant part of of Disneyland history. But then they also had to move uh, uh, the horses as well, too, mm. although there are fewer horses now at Disneyland than yeah. there were when Disneyland opened in, in 55. But, you know, you've got to find, you know, the land, you know, uh, uh, to do that. And so... You've got to look beyond the berm, and then after a while, you know, there's just no more land. What, what are you gonna? Uh, yeah. What are you gonna uh, do? True. You know, um, and 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 again, you know, uh, I, I was talking with Eddie Soto. I'm going to be interviewing him. Uh, Eddie Soto uh, did a, a lot of work for Disneyland Paris, but he did work for uh, uh, Disneyland, including coming up with the concept of tying all of New Orleans Square and Tom Sawyer Island and um, parts of Frontierland in with the pirate Jean Lafitte. Hmm. And so his proposal, because they were worried about labor costs and capacity Mm -hmm. of taking those Tom Sawyer rafts over to the island, Mm -hmm. so they were going to build a tunnel underneath the rivers of America that would go from New Orleans Square underneath and then pop up uh, on Tom Sawyer's Island, which, of course, is where John Lafitte had hidden his treasure. And, of course, you had Lafitte's landing in uh, um, the Pirate's Ride, and you Mm -hmm. had Lafitte's anchor that's been out there since uh, 
1955, although it's moved to different locations, and it was even going to be connected with um, the Haunted Mansion, which is where today uh, some of you can still see that there's a crypt with a uh, year date on it. Yes. That was mm-hmm. going to be Jean Lafitte's uh, uh, crypt. And just like his um, actual crypt, uh, there there was... Um, and, and just like under the, the, the city of Paris, that's where you buried people. Mm-hmm. And so that's the tunnel that you were going to go through, and you would see pirate skeletons and things like that. That would have been so cool. You know, oh, wow. go up. You know, and so, so it's always the case of how can we utilize, you know, the space that, that we have here? You know, how can we expand uh, on that? How, how can we get more people to to use that and and for instance that's why tony baxter came up with tarzan's treehouse it it wasn't just well we need something new and refresh it it's that swiss family robinson treehouse was only accommodating you know 300 people an hour and, and yet just down the block here you've got you know the entrance to uh indiana jones and pirates and it's all just congested so you need to have something that's going to absorb more people mm-hmm. so by doing Tarzan's treehouse, suddenly now it's up to, you know, 1,200 people an hour. So um, actually Disney has a term for it. It's called uh, uh, theoretical hourly capacity, <laughs> THC. So if you see that um, uh, definition, that, that was uh, uh, because uh, safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency mm-hmm. originally – Efficiency was capacity. How many people can you get on? Because it's, that's a bad experience if people are, you know, waiting in line. That's where fast pass developed from and whatever, you know. How can we funnel through more people into a limited amount of space, you know? Um, yeah, but I, you see, I can go all over oh, the map. Oh, for sure, you for know, sure. You, you can say, is it raining in Florida today, Jim? And I can I can talk for three hours about rain and the connection with Disney. And, 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 and my gosh, in the movie Bambi, you know, the, the, the song uh, Little April Showers, you know, the raindrops were originally going to talk while they fell, you know, and, and, and things like that. So, okay. And again, you guys don't know any different, right? No, we don't. Know. No, I do. again, so I can say anything I want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't know any different. Um, so I have one, one more question, and then maybe Jess or Rudy has a question. Then we have some listener questions, too. But I was always curious about um, toward the end of Walt's life, like 1965, 1966, I, I mean, he was more focusing on talking about Epcot and how that was going to pan out. And I I was, I was had read that he really wasn't all that involved in Disneyland. And in fact, he has sort of given up on it. Not given up, but he wasn't all that interested. He was kind of like uh, moving on. No, he, 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 he was still involved with uh, Disneyland because you've got to remember in, in 67, you've got the whole new Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland right. Mm-hmm. right? And, and Walt was intimately involved with... with you know, uh, uh, with all of that, 67, you've got Pirates of the Caribbean opening. You oh. know, so Walt was involved with Disneyland, but but again, it was just like animation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I've done that. You know, there are other people who can do that and who know how to do that. And, and so, for instance, when they were planning Walt Disney World, you know, they wanted to talk to him about the Magic Kingdom. And he said, 
you guys know how to do that. <laughs> you know, and he figured they'd come up with stuff, and then Walt, the great editor, would come in and, and you know, edit accordingly. But at that point in Walt's life, you know, he realized, he had that sense mm-hmm. that there wasn't a lot of time left. You know, he, sure. he was a grandfather, uh, and, and he had... Um, Pick up a copy of my book, uh, uh, Call Me Walt, Everything You Never Knew About uh, okay. Walt Disney, because there, there's not any mention of Mickey Mouse, there is no mention of Disneyland, there's no mention of audio animatronics, it's only about Walt a, as a person, you know, what did he eat, uh, what did he wear, where did he go buy things, what were his hobbies, actually his his greatest hobby in 65, 66 was lawn bowling. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a member of the lawn bowling uh, league at the Smoke Tree Ranch where he even planned out the bowling green and with the Beverly Hills. And, in fact, when he went out to pick up his uh, um, uh, medal from uh, President Lyndon Johnson, he took out his lawn bowling team and they stopped for a tournament, you know, <laughs> along the way, you know, to go out and, and pick that up. But, but anyway, at that particular point in his life, Walt's already thinking, you know, there's more that can be done. You know, we want to make life better for people. But Walt had a sinus condition mm-hmm. where he had to go in, you know, a couple of times a week to get that drained. Yes. Not only did he have that, that polo injury, he had arthritis. And, in fact, arthritis that was so bad that sometimes he would have to grab, uh, you know, his pants in order to lift up his leg, you know, to get mm-hmm. over uh, 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 something. Uh, of course, you know, he had that cough, he did not mm-hmm. sleep well, you know, all of, so he knew, you know, I've only got X amount of time yeah. left. And, right. and in the book, I point out that, that as a kid, a, a fortune teller told him that he would die around the time of his birthday. Wow. Hmm. Before the age of 35. Wow. So if you see what Walt was doing after the age of 35, it's almost like he felt he was living on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. So, so it's like, I want to get these things established. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I want to show people that, yes, you can have a community, you know, that works. Mm-hmm. And, and he was fighting Roy right up until the last minute that you've got to buy, uh, build Epcot first or it'll never get done. Roy's argument was you've got to build the theme park first because that will generate, you know, attendance and it'll generate income so then we can aff- afford this community of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, Roy E., Roy's uh, son, told me that his, his father always just felt very sad that he won by default because Walt, mm-hmm. you know, passed Past- away. because. Oh, yeah. You, you all know the story that uh, on, on the night before he passed away, he was in, in his bed and uh, mm-hmm. his older brother Roy was, was there and Walt yeah. was so excited and he was talking about Epcot and on his ceiling was this acoustical tile which has all those little dots mm-hmm. and all that. And so he'd go to Roy and he'd say, uh, see that tile there, go two tiles down and then one over to the left and then that little dot over there, that's where we'll put the composting uh, a place and and that mm. and then go up to this uh, and he planned all of that mm. uh, up there and and then at one point he goes there that's the spot and Roy froze because Roy had been you know trying to scribble notes and trying to pay attention mm-hmm. what is it that he missed and Walt says there 
that's where we'll put a bench where Lily and I can sit and see all the happy people come in. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And Roy left that night and phoned uh, Lillian and said, Lily, I think he's going to make it. I've never seen him stronger and more passionate, mm -hmm. you know, in his entire life. And then the next morning, 9.30 in the morning, uh, passed away. Uh, the death certificate says cardiac arrest. All that means is the heart stopped. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was it was the complications, uh, you know, of the cancer. You know, he had, he had been given... Um, anywhere from uh, a couple of weeks to, you know, a couple of months, and it turned out to be barely two weeks, mm -hmm. no. you know. Jeez. Yeah, well, okay. it, what a loss. Because, because yeah, again, yeah. Well. that maybe you can do a podcast about that. What if? What if Walt had lived? What, yeah. what would it, Disney have, have looked like? What if uh, Oswald had not been taken away from Walt Disney. Yeah. Yeah. So Mickey Mouse was never created. Yeah. What, what would the world have looked like? Oh, yeah. yeah. What if Snow White had been a flop? It really yeah. was yeah. Disney's folly. What would have happened if Disneyland had flopped? Oh, I know. How would the world have been different? Yeah. yeah um, maybe you can help us out with that podcast sometime. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring you on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so you have uh, uh, some more questions oh, for me, do. or Jess, Udi, um, Udi, do you want to go? Do you no, no, go for it. Okay. Well, I I have one, and I'm sure people have asked you this before, and I know it's kind of a tough question, but if you had the opportunity to sit down and actually talk to Walt, and you could ask him one question, what would you ask him? Oh, that's a riveting question. You might actually Ooh. win the book. Wait, boy, that 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 that's an excellent question. Okay. I I have been asked that. Uh, in the past, and uh, you know, it, 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 it's it's almost like you know, if you could meet Jesus or you uh -huh. could yeah. <laughs> meet uh, you know God, what would what would you ask? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Walt, of course, um, didn't need anything to just talk about anything. So I, I would probably uh, have just looked at him and said, why? Mm -hmm. Because that's broad enough that he would have just springboarded into all yeah. sorts of stuff. Perfect. Uh, uh, with that, you know, it, it, this is a man who barely had one year of high school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just was so articulate, just instinctively knew so much. Uh, you know, when, when we uh, uh, put a man on the moon, they uh, uh, talked to... Uh, uh, Werner von Braun mm -hmm. at NASA, and and they said, you know, you're obviously a genius because you got America to the moon. You know, who is the smartest man you ever knew? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, Walt Disney. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh yeah, ha, the creator of Mickey Mouse, all that. He says, no, no, no. In the fifties, he worked with Walt on three of the uh, Tomorrowland shows, and he said, Walt Disney asked me questions that people at NASA still haven't asked me to this day. Wow, and he said, "Walt, because of um, you know his limited educational background, forced me to have to explain things in clear terms. I couldn't, you know, fall back on using, you know, uh, terminology and 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 all of that. I had to, you know, simplify it to the purest concept in order to get that across to him." He said, "He was the smartest man I ever met in my entire life." I love wow. that. Oh. Wow. 
So I do. Have Aren't one. these stories great? No, they're great. And, and Disney is such a storytelling company, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's so many of these stories out there, and it's important for us to, you know, grab hold of these because yeah. more and more we're having people who actually knew Walt no longer around. Yeah. You know. No. Oh, yeah. No. I and, mean, and 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 you know, if you want to say, well, Jim, you met all of these Imagineers and animators. You know, do you have any regrets? And it's like. Yeah, I wish I'd known more so I knew yeah. to ask better questions <laughs> than right. I did. Right. But, yeah. but but I but I asked the best questions I could based on what I knew and 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 I tried to, you know, go on a on a fishing expedition to see if, you know, they would open up on 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 some of these things. And sometimes they did and sometimes I was lucky and and other times, you know, we've got things and does it make a difference to to Disney fans out there to this day? I I don't know, you know. I I don't know if uh, I I think there's some Disney fans today who just aren't interested in Walt Disney, yeah, you know. I other agree than with that. He, he's an icon of the company there. Yeah. Well, I think it's because a lot of people have, like you're saying, losing touch with the stories and not understanding the the attention to detail and everything. And we talk about it all the time how people walk through different things, walk through different attractions. And we try to do our best here to kind of keep that going. Like, look over here, look over there, understand what you're going through, understand the work, the attention to detail, everything that was thought out. Yeah, and, and, and don't go rushing around, you know? That, and, yeah, yeah. It, yes, it, 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 there were conscious choices mm-hmm. that were made. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it wasn't just a frivolous idea of, oh, let's just put a little filigree over here. Right. When you're standing on Main Street... That is Main Street between 1890 and 1910. And Walt specifically picked that time period. Because before 1900, you have gas lighting and you have horses. After 1900, that's when electric lighting is coming in and you're having motorized vehicles. So if you're doing it before 1900, you're missing elements that people relate to the turn of the century and if you have it after 1900 it's like well take a look at hitching posts on main street Mm -hmm. right how many times have we passed those how many times have you ever seen a horse hitched to the hitching (laughs) post right i have never Never. ever (laughs) and 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 i've been to disneyland for decades never but if the hitching posts were not there it would not be an authentic Main Street. Yep, true, very, very true. And 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 in fact, that is uh, those hitching posts are actually based on real hitching posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emil Curie, who who designed uh, you know Walt's apartment, he also designed the theater for Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. He designed uh, the interior of the Nautilus for Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the mm-hmm. Sea. Anyway, he he was a um, set director for. Um, a film studio, and they were filming a movie called The Heiress at a turn-of-the-century mansion. And because he took such good care of the mansion during the filming, the owner gave him the authentic antique hitching post out in front of the mansion. Oh, wow. Very cool. Which, which Emil Curry kept at his Costa Mesa home until, until his death. But he used that hitching post as a mold to create the hitching posts at Disneyland and then later at Walt Disney World. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. So when you walk by that hitching post, it's like, horses are never hitched here. Yeah. yeah. And by golly, 
this is not some artist's idea of what a hitching post is. This is an actual hitching post yeah. from the turn of the last uh, uh, century yeah. here. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, so now uh, this is the 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 heavy question that we we ask. No, not really. No, um, I was like, what? You no, know, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it, just because it can open up a big can of worms. You know where I'm going with this, Jess? Oh, uh, okay. Star Wars land. Oh. So that is a hot topic of debate among many people. Yay, nay, like, love, hate, whatever you want to do. So I'm curious where you stand on it. I know I'm I'm happy uh, to a level. There's certain things that I hesitant about but overall I'm, I'm kind of happy because i know that once it's done and we're in there we're going to be in there and they're going to do it right but the impact of the park how it's going to handle how both parks are be able to handle it and your general feelings like should we should they have done it or not are, are we talking star wars land yep. here mm-hmm. yep star wars land okay and, and so i think like most folks I have mixed feelings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? From a business standpoint, this makes wonderful sense. Mm-hmm. From, uh, you know, um, the, the fact that uh, people want to be immersed in a Star Wars mm-hmm. experience, and Disney is the premier person to create an immersive environment, yep. this is good. On the other hand, <laughs> um, on the other hand, uh, I've been concerned of Disney pulling in all of these franchises. From, mm-hmm. from a business standpoint, it makes wonderful sense. Mm-hmm. You know, having the Marvel franchise, uh, all of it. Interestingly enough, the franchise that is closest to Disney, the Muppets, mm-hmm. they don't seem to have any clue what to do with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, Marvel, Star Wars, whatever. But... What happens when you bring in those franchises, right? They have their own history. They have mm-hmm. their own uh, uh, certain culture. Does that water down the Disney brand? Mm-hmm. There are things that happen in a Star Wars brand and things that happen in a Marvel brand that would never be allowed in a Disney brand. Mm-hmm. And yet you're bringing those in. And... Um, how committed are you? You know, because, okay, we've got Star Wars land, but if you want to ride Star Tours, you've got to leave yeah. Star Wars land yeah. and go over to, to Tomorrowland. Wait a minute. Shouldn't they? Well, no, it all becomes financial. It all comes uh-huh. down to money. A lot of decisions at Disney are just made on money. The other concern I have as a person who loves Disneyland is, yes, Everybody and their mother is going to want to go to Star Wars land. It's actually a very small imprint in terms of land. So how are you going to control capacity for that? And how does that now affect everything else? Does, Does the entrance to Star Wars land now spill out into Fantasyland and Frontierland? So you see these... People don't realize that um, when uh, Star Tours first opened, first opened, for the first several weeks, the line was out the door and down all of Main Street, Mm -hmm. almost out to uh, past where the kiosks were. (laughs) 
and uh, you know things things settled down, but that was just one attraction. Oh, yes, and that you know what's what's going to happen there, and so I have some concerns of how is Star Wars and how is Marvel affecting you know the Disney brand? Is it diluting it? You know, uh, is Disney diluting? These other brands mm-hmm. in in subtle ways, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so uh, philosophically, I I have those. Let me pull out my grumpy old man cane and wave it in the air. <laughs> yeah. Get those kids off my lawn! <laughs> that music's too loud. I can't understand the lyrics. <laughs> okay. uh, but but from a business standpoint, yes, that makes you know. Mm-hmm. That makes uh, a perfect sense. Uh, you know, um, does it make sense to to transform uh, Tower of Terror into Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm, no. You know, um, <laughs> you know, and then get rid of Bugs Land, uh, the Bugs Land over there, and right. change it all into a, a Marvel Land okay. there. Uh, you know, from a business standpoint, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there are people who are going to be waving money in the air here. Mm-hmm. But um, from a philosophical standpoint, it's like tossing a, uh, a rock into, into a lake. You know, there are ripples. Other things get affected. What's going to, what's going to be affected? Mm-hmm. You, you know, Disneyland is crowded enough as it is now, right? Right. Uh, on, on some days, even though they have capacity limits, you know, once we reach, you know, 60,000 people, we don't let anybody more in. Yeah, but look at all these people who, you know, drove from Iowa or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're only here for two days, and you're not going to let them into the park? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we if we let them in, now it's a two-hour wait to buy a hot dog. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how does that impact, you know? Definitely. Well, we'll have reservations. You can reserve no. <laughs> purchasing a hot dog at eleven ten, and if you miss your window of opportunity, then that's it. You go hungry until the next, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, so, so with Star Wars Land, you know, and and again, Disney seems to have been very coy. They're still very, yeah, you know, uh, about what's actually going to be there. What's you know, one of the things that uh, again, I'm I'm an Orlando, Florida boy now, and Pandora out here is just uh, incredibly small. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it has it has two attractions, and the wait is like two to three hours for each one, and the Navi River ride is, is uh, shorter than Small World. Wow. You know, so so you're waiting. Wow. You know, three hours for a, you know, two-minute experience. <laughs> you know, where, where does the sense of value now, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I- impact in? And, um, and it's wonderfully done. Wonderful attention to detail. And, and especially at night, you see the bioluminescence and, yeah. and uh, all of this. And you go, wow, okay, cool. But was it worth it? You know that investment of of your time and your waiting, and and all of this. And even if they come up with, uh, you know, fast passes or you know uh, what they're doing for the Dumbo ride out here, which is giving you that little buzzer like you would get at a restaurant, you know, <laughs> so you can wander around. And then when it buzzes, you can come back and, and go on the ride. <laughs> wow. Um, 
you, you know, uh, what do you do during the rest of that time? You know, and right. as, as long as I got my grumpy old man cane here, yeah. one of the things that I, that I dislike at Walt Disney World, and I, I saw it in October at Disneyland, is they're removing benches, they're removing seating. Mm. And I was told, because Disney always likes to put a spin on that, well, this just makes it, you know, we've got so many people, we have to have clearer paths. I was told by somebody who really did know, yes, the benches are, they don't want you sitting there. They want you being in the stores or in the restaurant or on an attraction. Yeah. Walt's feeling was, I want a bench where I can sit there and watch. That, that, that's why outside the... Uh, uh, ice cream uh, uh, parlor where all the outdoor seating that was so that people could sit and 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 rest you know um i love to sit and just and, and just, just watch. watch people just like just like you know everybody says oh yes well you know he went to tivoli gardens and he went to this place in europe well in europe one of the things that his wife saw that uh, uh she kept mentioning to to walt was there were so many places where you could just sit you could have a little cup of coffee you could watch people go by. That was part of the experience, you know? And again, you know, Bob Iger never phones me up and asks me. You know? oh, he should. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> Jim, what, what, would, what would Walt have done? Yeah, yeah, well, right. Walt, didn't, Walt didn't want alcohol in the park. Walt no. didn't want alcohol in the park because it changes, you know, well, uh, people's behavior and attitude, you know? I think we're getting that. And... Um, <laughs> You know, there's plenty of other places to get alcohol. You don't need to get it in the park. No. But, Jim, alcohol, you know, it, 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 it sells so well. We make so much money, you know. And uh, Walt's feeling was everything works together. Uh, Eisner broke things up so that everything had to be a revenue-generating division. Walt's philosophy was, John Hinch said, Walt, why do we have popcorn here, you know, at 9 o'clock in the morning? Nobody's going to buy popcorn on Main Street. Mm -hmm. And Walt said, yes, but the smell makes you think of Main Street. Mm -hmm. It also puts you in a happy mood. And if you're in a happy mood, you'll go in the Emporium and you'll spend more money. Yep. You know, it, 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 all works, it all works together. That makes sense. Eisner's philosophy was every division has to be revenue generating. So how do you become revenue generating if you're... Maintenance. If you're a janitor, well, you become revenue generating by getting rid of people, by instead of doing maintenance every single night, you do it every other night or once a week. And so on paper, look, there's more money here. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Of course. But a a after a while, it becomes, you know, diminishing returns. My, my, uh, my grandfather after who I was named, Jimmy, uh, ran a diner in Brooklyn. And my dad told me this story. It is that a salesman came in and was trying to convince him that if you put a drop of water in each ketchup bottle, then you have to buy fewer ketchup bottles. And my grandfather said, if I start putting in a drop of water, I'm going to be tempted to put in two drops of water, mm -hmm. or three drops of water, or four drops of water. And he said, you know, my customers won't notice immediately, but eventually it'll go, 
this just doesn't taste the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm, and true. so I wonder how much of that is happening at Disney, because how much money does Disney really need to make? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, 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 I asked someone out here because I really love the old Disney Anna conventions. Mm-hmm. I felt they were very well run. I am not as excited about the D23 expos uh, where some people cannot get in to see, you know, presentations sure, and, sure. you know, there, there's a bunch of other things. That was never a problem at any of the Disney Anna conventions. And so when they stopped, I asked the person out here, I said, are you just not making, you know, a, a profit? Because I, I see, you know, people buying, you know, all of these uh, limited edition $1,500 mm-hmm. statues and and, and things like that. And he says, no, we're making a, a, a profit. I, I said, but you're not making a healthy profit. He said, oh, no, we're making a healthy profit. We're just not making an obscene profit. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean an obscene profit? And he said, well, we have determined that the same amount of labor and expense could be devoted to something like pins, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and we would still make the same return. I said, but... But look at all the other things. People are coming out here. They're staying at the resorts. They're going into the park. They're they're spending money. He says, yes, but none of those can be charged off to the Disney Anna convention. Those are charged off oh. to the park, or those are charged off to food and beverage. Hmm. So oh. Disney Anna conventions went away. Hmm. Oh, shoot. And, and D23 came up to um, placate... People like us who wanted something Want special, gotcha. mm-hmm. but not something where, you know, the people in charge knew anything about those of us who, you know, get excited about the fact that there's a new design on the napkin or something yeah. like right, that. Right, right, right. You know, actually, those they have a, 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 a term for that. They call them Disney geeks. And they say it in a condescending way. So, the, so the people running this are not Disney fans. Are not are not people who you know. For the most part, I know that there are exceptions. Sure. Uh, you know, are are, are not Disney uh, fans and understand why people who never worked at Disney are so excited about <laughs> Disney. <laughs> right. I, I I tell people, you know. Get a job at Disney for about six months. That'll take care of the pixie dust. It changes Because you'll see that Disney is a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like any other business, you know? Yeah. And I always tell people, I got laid off from Disney, and I have have no hard feelings. Because I tell people, you have to separate the Disney Mm -hmm. brand from the Disney business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Disney brand is the characters. It's it's the way you feel when you're in the park. You know, it's... uh, discovering that new little piece of information and but the disney business you can have concerns about you know why are you making these decisions oh, yeah. why did right. you decide that having johnny depp as tonto in lone ranger <laughs> was a good idea and why did you decide let's throw even more money at that right, right. you know That's, um yeah. oh. You know, I I think it's a good idea to make a a, a Lone Ranger movie. In in, in fact, uh, uh, the person who owned Lone Ranger, Jack Rather, was the one who did the Disneyland Hotel, and he was a good friend of Walt's. And in fact, in the 50s, they had Clayton Moore um, 
dressed up as a Lone Ranger who would visit Disneyland. And he'd be on, on, the, on, on, the, on the Mark Twain and picture taking with, with kids and, and, and things like that. They also had, uh, rather also owned um, uh, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. Uh, with his dog, Yukon King, uh, which was big stuff in the 50s. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, you know, so I, I think, yeah, gosh, Disney could, it could really make a good Lone Ranger movie, but that wasn't it. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> that was not the case. That really no. wasn't it. No. But, but Johnny Depp wanted to make that movie and he wanted to be Tonto and Disney wanted, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Depp for the Pirates movies, more Pirates movies. So, so you do that. You know, Ab uh, Pandora w was made not because, oh, what a great idea for Animal Kingdom, you know, having an alien landscape. It's like, we want to get in bed with James Cameron. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. We want to establish a relationship with James Cameron because mm -hmm. he's made some of the most successful movies of all time mm -hmm. and uh so you know if we give him a little pandora <laughs> <laughs> we are his best friend yeah that's yeah. accurate that's accurate hey guys we're gonna take a break right now that's the end of part one um thank you so much for listening uh part two will be out very very soon and we'll do the wrap-up after uh episode two see i wasn't lying man i told you i was i wouldn't lie to you guys energy what? Yeah. High energy. Yes. You need to be. Very, you need to be inspired by you guys, that. Aren't you guys having fun? I'm yeah. having a blast. Oh, All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys got to wait. Uh, uh, maybe two or three, two or three days before episode part two comes out, or whatever we're going to call it. All right. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>